When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Tony Dunn and not to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions. Only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. Oh, Gotta unmute myself. Holy cow. <laughs> Couldn't find the button. Couldn't find the button. My mouse cursor was missing, just like the Panthers offense has been missing. Hey, it's Tony Dunn, the C3 Panthers podcast, brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions. Come on in, folks. Jump in the chat room. This is our time as fans to get together, hang out, and talk about every little thing there is to react, overreact, underreact, tell you it's still early. Oh, the sky is falling. Hey, Marquan Marquan McCall was released after being trotted out as the starting nose tackle in a 3-4 system, and we don't know even anybody else's names right now. That's crazy news right there. Uh, They then went and picked up a – we've added a corner. Dante Jackson is hurt. News there. Miles Sanders says the Panthers offense is explosive despite not putting up any points throughout the preseason. And uh, I guess there's other things to pay. Oh, should the Panthers trade for a running back and then pay him uh, after all of this? Time? I mean, good Lord. I mean, I, I, it's you know what is every time a name crosses the waiver wire. It's like, hey, how would they fit in Carolina? How would they fit in Carolina? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, I'll trade next year's first-round pick for Jonathan Taylor. My name's Tony Dunn. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. Smash the thumbs up button. Subscribe to the show. Call in at 252-228-5098. And I want to thank first Just Don't Care, who does care about this podcast. His gifts of memberships is a lot of this, but also because we've got a lot of C3 super fans. We're at 148 C3 super fans. Let's get Let's to go. 150. Let's get to 200. Let's get to 1,000, folks, for just $1.99. You can help grow this podcast with us. We've been rocking for 10 years right now, and it's the year of 20 C3. Let's go, Cody Lesney. Let's go, Tony Dunn. You know there is nowhere I'd rather be on a Tuesday night than sitting here talking Panthers football with my boys, man. Listen, Panthers Nation is always finding something to argue about, whether it's left tackle and left guard or 
trading uh, another first-round pick for a running back that wants to be paid $20 million, dude. Listen, we're always going to be able to find something to talk about. But you know what? We're going to do it like we always do with the best damn Panther fans and all of YouTube. Tony, you know them and love them. We got our guy, Panther Pickle, Drew. What's up, Drew? Bob Cranford, Brandon Malone, the brand ambassador, Diesel Skills, JJ, Dan Floyd, Jake the Snake, KG73, Kristen Ladane, Mighty Mike, My Life, My Story, Big J. What's up? Panther Gal 73, Five Beta Hitters, Roosevelt Mongo, Sideshow, The Real AP, Volguy 23, Y Big Jordan, Underground West, Tony Dunn. You know the saying, bro. Ain't nothing to it, but to do it, let's roll. We've got a great show for you tonight. Obviously, we'll be reacting to the Panthers preseason so far, the news of Marquand McCall being released, and uh, a lot of news around the NFL to talk about tonight. We've got a good guest join us at 930, Ricky Rains at Ricky Boy Body. He's a writer for Cat Crave.com, where you can also find our podcast linked under their pod- podcast page. Right is, uh, but he's going to come on and not only just talk about the Marquan McCall and the bizarre story that surrounds that, or at least I find it a little perplexing at the very least, but also help us look at this team and and tell us where uh, where we're heading and how how serious things, where our hope should be, and uh, and where our concern should lie. CK back in the house, the voice that makes a moist. Uh, we're a couple of days removed from. Hey, better preseason. You know, I've been listening to some other. I've been listening to news. I've been listening to Charlotte Sports Radio. I've listened to other podcasts, and um, you know, I think on everybody the day after the game is always flipping out. The, the day of the, as well. Yeah, the day of. But then I, I've heard a lot of people say, "Oh, there was a there were some steps forward. There were some steps forward in this." A few days removed from Friday's game, the loss, uh, which was a really a, a snooze of a first half, it took us like 12 minutes to go 80 yards to then go backwards and not score or score a field goal. How are you feeling a few days removed from this? Have you calmed? Or are you are you nervous? Or are you where yet? I'm I'm still where I was. We're bad until we aren't. You know what I mean? I mean we haven't yeah. proven that we're a good team yet, and. Uh, as much as I want to remain optimistic, I also want to be realistic. And I think that that's not meaning that I'm a bad fan right now. Um, I'm hopeful, but I'm not expecting much as of right now. Um, if something changes with this uh, preseason game coming up, then fine. I'm back on board. But at least for now, um, I'm lukewarm on the Panthers currently. Greg, uh, the wet blanket, the towel of cry, the uh, the guy, the the villain of the podcast at this point. Great shirt, dude. Great mm. shirt. Yeah, I guess uh, Cody and CK didn't get the memo. They didn't know? get the memo, but oh, we're no, putting I it did. in the I, bank. No, I actually did. I got my white one on. Just... Uh-uh, nice. Uh, nice. You got the yeah, yeah. I got uh, the special edition. We got the put it in the bank shirt on, and look at that that beautiful mug. I had somebody uh, send me a message. They go, "Look at this." They let me see. Let me shout them out. Well, Greg, how are you feeling um, after your drunken rant uh, and fight with C three Nation? I'm doing great, man. I still stand behind everything I said. Like, and and here's my thing is I think what it is, is I I agree with all of y'all on this stuff. I just don't see Bryce quite in the same light yet. 
but I think I have a problem with the extremists, like like the the, the people who are like so extreme about it, and that's my issue. And I just need to sit not back be and the opposite extremist. See what happens. Well, and that's exactly. is, that, is that's kind of a lesson for life, yes. right? Like yes. that's a lesson for how often yes. we just hate one group of people because of people on like that that are of a of a you know on a the different far mindset, end of our terms, right? Or just yeah. extremists, right? We hate, like, you know, if you're, if you know, not to make this, uh, what I'll say is, like, if you, if you hate all Falcon fans because you have to deal with those rare Falcon fans that are just absolute belligerent, then that, like, it's it's not fair to the other Falcon fans that are more than reasonable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, same thing here. Like, if if Greg has an opinion about Bryce Young and. And he has all these people telling him he's the greatest person on the face of the planet and telling Greg he's just wrong. Um, then Greg's just going to dig into his position. Yeah, right? yeah. He's, he was digging trenches, bro. That <laughs> dude yeah. was digging trenches. And, and here's but the dude, thing. I, I still stand behind everything I said as far as anything goes. Because for me, like I said, I haven't seen what I need to see. I've seen, I seen him get hit and get back up. But I'm going to tell you something. If he goes through that all season, it's going to be it's going to be bad news um, for any truth. quarterback, not just him, for any quarterback. Well, Greg, um, you know, through this whole thing, it has revealed something, man. You know, you don't have to agree with everything that anyone says because you have a lot of supporters, bro. I know White Chocolate is now in your camp. There's been a bunch of people that are like, yo, go easy on Greg, man, because he's on to something. So, oh, hey, we'd like, we'd, we'd, like, yeah. we'd like to think that when you come to C2 Panthers podcast, you get a little bit of every type of opinion you need to hear, man. So hit that like and strap up. Um, I want to give some shout outs to some people. Uh, Josh Phelps, uh, you can find him on Twitter or X at, I had it just pulled up as he's probably in the chat right now. He's usually in the show at Joshua Panthers. He sent me a cool picture. He bought one of our mugs. He said, this mug's a great size, dude. I love that. He was very happy. They turned out real nice. And this is a shout out and a sort of apology here to, where did it go? Uh, Kyle Schofield, uh, because he ordered one of these great shirts, the put it in the bank shirt, which I have in my closet right now. And then he ordered a, um, a G baby shirt of you make me fucking sink. Right. (laughs) But because one is printed already and one is printed anyway, I'm getting new used to the website. The, the G baby shirt is delayed. It's on its way. It should be being fulfilled now you should have gotten the shirt that i mailed by hand with a cam wow and a thank you note for your help you guys can find all that cool gear uh at carolinacatchronicles.com you just hit the shop tab and then that says gear like because i don't know why i did it that way but that's how i did it um and you can find all that cool stuff i know my boy kev has bought some mugs in there i love i'm happy to see that support look is really if anything it just makes me happy that y'all are in our lives and we are in yours. Now it's time to get into this show because we got like uh, 20 minutes and we got a guest coming on. So we got to plow through some stuff. Tonight's show is, has the Panthers preseason been misleading? And uh, the, the Panthers have struggled. They have really been, much of it maybe, or some of it has been um, inflated by expectations and excitement by me and, you know, expecting them. Uh, to be more polished, more prepared. And then at other times, they have just been straight up beaten up. 
you know, and uh, really, I think the problem for me about this team is not whether uh, they're good, whether they're going to be able to compete in this and that is like if our trenches can't hold up, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter, you know, And, and it's like, man, if we think on the offensive side of the ball, you've had everybody getting beat left and right, it feels like. Bryce Young getting beat up. And then on the other side of the ball, now there's mystery surrounding the nose tackle position. We don't know. There's still no Brian Burns in contract. How is this team? So if we can't stop the run on defense and we can't stop the pass rush or run on offense, it doesn't matter how fast DJ Shark is. It doesn't matter how cool Bryce Young is because they're all, it's just going to be misery. And I'm tired, guys. I'm tired of having a bad offensive line. Cody, you came up with tonight's show. Why the heck do you believe, or why was this the point of contention? I feel like it has something to do with the Miles Sanders coming. Yeah, well, Miles Sanders dropped a clip saying that we do not see how dynamic and explosive the Panthers' offense is during uh, practice. And uh, by the way, C3JJ with the 199 love bomb says, cut the bullshit, Greg. Bryce is perfect. Get over it. Hey, we love when somebody uh, donates to tell somebody off, man. But um, but yeah, listen, we're, we're going to get into that. And a lot of people have just been wondering. I mean, this is a conversation every year. How much stock do you put in into preseason? And we have not been very impressed at all on offense. Really, this entire, you know, this entire two games, we have not seen much out of our starting uh, oh, line, um, Bryce, you know, again, that's the subject of debate here on the show. Uh, the defense has been sort of up and down. But uh, we do know that Bryce Young is playing versus the Lions. So they are going to be playing him in the final preseason game. Are you a fan of this? How long do you think that we will see him? And uh, what are you hoping to see as a step forward from the first team offense? I know what I'm wanting to see. And that's a Kim and Kwanu playing a lot better at the left tackle spot than he has been recently. The only reason he's playing is because they haven't been good to this point. Yeah. Frank Wright came out and said, he's just like, you want those guys to leave on a good note. You know, he was asked how many quarterbacks he was going to play. He's going to play all four quarterbacks. He said, ideally, but it depends on how the game goes. And then, it was our man, uh, the, uh, the uh, Charlotte Observer, not Mike K, the other one, uh, author of Cody's story. Oh, Alex Atlum. Yeah, uh, Alex asked a great question. Is like, just what would it take to get all four of them actually out there? Like, what, you know, if that, you know, if you want that to happen, what would the circumstances be to actually make that happen? He said, score a lot of touchdowns. You know, so that like, hey, the first team goes out there and scores, and you bring out Dalton, he goes out there and scores, and you bring out Corral and the other guy for the rest of the game and, you know, corral scores and then you get through all of them. But, uh, you know, I'm, t- I'm, I am torn Cody over whether or not I want the Panthers starting Bryce young in this game, um, or playing and Yeah. I'm torn. I'm torn between, I, I think I lean no, right. Because first of all, I've been with you. Uh, I've, I've, I've taken that position for a long time that, you know, I wouldn't play any of my starters type deal. You know, those guys are making the team regardless. I do think, if anything, the argument, though, is is to get chemistry and get the rust and get a couple of hits under your belt. 
so that in week one, the entire first quarter isn't you just going, oh, God, it's been one year since I've actually played at, at game speed. So I, I do yeah. think there is a sort of uh, there is a benefit to it. It's just the risk is problematic. I think it helps us too. I think it's important to consider that Bryce is a rookie. So yeah. if Bryce was a fifth year player, I would say, hell not. Like there's no reason for him to play at all. But you are trying to acclimate him to the NFL and you're trying to acclimate him quickly sooner than later. So you don't want this to be a slow burn. You don't want this to be a seven year project like Matt rule would have it be. Yeah. Right? But my so, question is how, how prepared are you going to get Bryce young for the preseason game? If you're not really preparing for any defenses in any type of way, or, or, you've, or for the season, rather, you've already played him in two preseason games and, and it did not look very good. I understand that you want to get your rookie some snaps and some learning time under live action and live pressure, but this is our starting quarterback for the future. Like this is this is the guy that we're going to be playing, and especially with our offensive line in flux right now. I'm sorry, I just wouldn't do it. Like if I was the coach, I I wouldn't do it. Um, uh, you know, especially and I we alluded to it earlier with Miles Sanders coming out and saying that during practice. This team has been dynamic, and the offense has been explosive, and of you know, they're doing been. a lot better in practice than it has been on field. I don't, I just don't know what we're expecting when we put them out there. Is it just to get a touchdown to put the ball in the end zone with the first team? Is it continuity? I don't know, man. I really don't understand it, and especially considering the cuts that we made and the addition that we made, which we'll talk about here in a minute. Uh, it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like the right thing to do to me. CK. I don't think this is about uh, getting Bryce young, just reps, right? Some people are saying they needs reps and sure. Certainly is all of those things are going to help in him, his development. I think this is about right now, the team establishing some sort of confidence in themselves. I think Frank Reich, it wants this team to have a moment of success, Right. before the season and that's like since we haven't had it we got to go get it and there's no time to sit on the bench well I, I i agree i think that i think it can be a combination of both i think when you look at what he's seen from this team playing on the field in the preseason he hasn't seen a lot of things that are going to make him happy from his first team right and so him playing these guys not only is it a matter of continuity but it is a matter of confidence it's not even just for bryce it's going to be a matter of continuity for that offensive line to be able to repair some of the things that they've uh, they've had happen. Like if there was a miscommunication, sometimes those like we they didn't know that miscommunication was going to happen until it happened in real time, right? So I think and that's was, a bizarre miscommunication, wasn't it, CK? Like what yeah. the like who the hell was supposed to pick them up? <laughs> like it was like just no, nobody. I, it's so it, well, and that's the question: Was there supposed to be a? a tight end over there. Was there supposed to be uh, somebody there to, you know, maybe there was supposed to be a, a running, the running back was supposed to be able to help prevent that, uh, that blitz. I don't know, man. I, there's so many things that are question marks about what that is, but there's those miscommunications are things that they were able to kind of dive into. And they didn't know until real live game reps that that was going to be a miscommunication. So they've changed that. And they're, they're, so I think there's some, there's some definitely value there. But I think it boils down to, to you know, continuity and confidence. I think that really is kind of where it goes into play. 
Greg, question. should they play the starters? I, I mean, really don't you know, have to be truly honest with you. I, I I don't know if playing the starters is going to give you anything more going into the season. You, you kind of have to weigh out, I guess, the continuity and, and the winning on a good note is, is, is good, but it could go the opposite way pretty badly. Yeah, with one injury, injury and or just looking your season. terrible. You also got to look at how you're playing. Are you playing their starters? So there's a lot of things that go into that. I mean, I would like to see Bryce Young ha- have a few good drives. Um, I'd like to see the offensive line hold up really well. Um, but I don't think that we're right now in the third game, they're playing the competition that's going to really justify whatever those numbers are, um, good or bad, because I don't think that we're playing Detroit, right? I don't think they're taking this game very seriously either. It's well, a third game. This is a bubble game for players. This is your yeah, figure. You're gonna cra- you know, has this not been an odd preseason just in general? Like, uh, I feel like teams have had a much more, concerted plan of how they're going to deploy their starters throughout the league. And this year, I feel like people are just playing them a little bit in every game. In past years, I feel like it's this is like, you know, they always played them in the first half of the third week. Then they didn't play them at all in week four, but that was when we have four preseason games and everything changed a little bit. But I feel like throughout the league, and maybe it's just because the league is young at this point in some places and some teams, but I feel like there have been sprinkling. I've heard that Detroit is planning to play some of their first team defense. Well, I, mean, I, I'll, I tell you what, I'd be interested in seeing Aiden Hutchinson uh, on a Kim Aquana. Yeah. Versus if that's what we're going to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you one thing that I would like to see if we do put the starters in, because I don't understand this really to this point. If you're only going to play the starters a couple of drives, I don't want to see what everybody's saying is a vanilla offense they're installing the last few games. I don't like, care. But run, I, run a few plays. No, I want to see yeah. if, if, if that's what's holding us back. Why do that? Like, right. If, if that's what's holding you back and you're doing this to have a better back, taste right. in your mouth at the end of the, end of the preseason, then why would you limit yourself? But you I know, agree with Greg. You know I mean? If you're not going to run the offense that you intend to be running. Yeah during the season and you you know you I know you want to hold the cards to yourself but again why are you playing him if, if the whole point of the preseason is to try and get them into the rhythm to make sure that they're a little bit warmed up by the time the season rolls around then running these vanilla offenses yet subjecting your quarterback and other players to more dings more nicks more injuries especially considering what happened to Terrace Marshall Jr. We're going to talk about Dante Dante Jackson being injured. It just seems like like a zero sum game. Like there's nothing to win here. I tell you, the Panthers. It's clear they want to look better. They want to have some success. I think you raise a good point, Cody. Is that if that is the actual goal, then you didn't put them in a place that they get it, and you make the play calls a little bit more. Right. But I don't think that that's even it. I think we've just been getting manned up, man. Dexter Lawrence just beating up Bradley Bozeman, and then Quentin Williams the week before. It's just like, good God. And like Brandon Malone said, is. Y'all told me that we're going to have a good offensive line. Guess who didn't tell you that, Tony? Because I've watched this team enough that I was not going to be fooled by this. I will not be. Shame on. A fool man can't, you know, what is what did George Bush say? Fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. A fool man can't get fooled again. That's what he said. Uh, look, hey, but the, they want, they need to look better. And I tell you guys, if you want to look better, 
And I think you need to look, well, I don't think you need to look better. I think guys, <laughs> sometimes we don't care enough about how we look. We let our ladies, we always ask our ladies to look so good for us and they spend all this time. And sometimes we just slap on a t-shirt, barely brush our hair, got this frizzy mess right here. But guys, we need to care about ourselves. And there's one way you could do that. Man, your skin matters. You want to stay young. I mean, as you get older, I'm middle age right now. And age starts to show in a way that you can uh, continue to care about yourself, practice self-care, and really uh, tackle some of those those deep creases in your forehead or the crow's feet around your eyes or the puffy bags underneath your eyes. Guys, Caldera Lab products are the way to go. These are high-end facial skincare products developed specifically for men and trying to really slow that aging process and let you look good for as long as possible. It's a twice a day regimen. It's super simple. One squirt of the cleanse, you wash your face, you dry your face, you put some eye cream underneath here to help with these wrinkles around your eyes. You put some lotion on your face and all of a sudden you feel, you feel your face getting younger as you do it. I did. It's been helping me a lot. It got rid of a lot of blackheads on my nose calderalab.com slash the C3 gets you 20% off your first order. And guys, this is sometimes, you know what you get what you pay for in life. You get what you pay for. You can buy a bunch of products that are filled with water that are filled with additives, right? That are not made for you specifically. Caldera lab has done this though. They have created a top end product that helps you look young, feel young, feel fresh and clean, and look better than the Panthers have looked in their first two preseason games. Go to calderalab.com slash C3. Remember, slash C3, 20% off your order. Help us continue to bring in sponsors to this show. It really goes a long way into building this community. Guys, we've got a guest coming in in five minutes. So what do we need to chop up before it gets here? Because he's going to be... We brought him in to talk about McCall. What else we got? Should we talk about this offensive line? Well, I mean, I, we could have a little pre-discussion about okay. McCall because there's a about McCall because there's a lot of different aspects to it, and we're going to get Ricky's opinion when he comes on here. But this was also a big thing on Twitter that kind of blew up amongst Panther fans. Marquan McCall, who at times flashed last year, he was basically penciled in as like a you know, a starting depth piece for the Carolina Panthers at defensive tackle was cut. He is now a member of the New England Patriots. He was picked up on waivers. And we did this in part to uh, bring Troy Hill onto our defense. Uh, you know, a lot of people thought that maybe this is uh, because Dante Jackson got hurt and was injured. I'll be very short and simple and to the point on this, right? If you feel like, wait, why did we cut Marquand McCall instead of a player like Michael Jordan? You know what? I would say I agree with you, and that's a pretty damn good take. But to everyone that like is pretending that we cut this, you know, can't miss first round caliber defensive tackle that was going to be a major part of what we were going to do. Yeah, I'm sorry. It just doesn't feel like that to me, man. 
um, all reports are is that Raekwon Williams was, in fact, uh, starting to look even better than him, moving up the charts uh, and starting to become a more dependable member at defensive tackle. And this is also another leftover from the Matt Rule regime where, you know, they're just they're moving on. It's an entirely new coaching staff. So I'm not going to cry too much about this, dude. I know a lot of Panther fans were upset. It just depends on what reason you were upset for. I didn't think Marquand McCall was going to provide us any meaningful, you know, action this year. What? Meaningful? I mean, he was the starter. Mike yeah, K said I mean, he was poised that he thought that was the name we we're going to be calling in I mean, a three four defense. In a three four defense, you know that nose tackle seems to be such an p- important piece of the puzzle. And to me, the release is interesting because what's the game plan after? And they just said, "Man, young guys stepping up." Yep, and uh, this was bizarre, wasn't it? Where they just like, yeah, we just have like a giant hole. And this doesn't make it better for Panther fans that are like, well, why would you cut this dude if we, you know, needed this depth at defensive tackle? Listen, I understand if you wanted Michael Jordan or Cam Irving gone in his place. Yeah, I would have agreed with you on that. But I don't know. I'm not shedding too many tears from our call, man. All right, let's uh, do this as our guest is in the green room. Let's go ahead and play clip one, though, real quick. Uh, let's hear about what Frank Reich had to say about the Mark Quan McCall release right here. And we'll kind of plow through, plow through these clips, and then we'll bring in our guest and get his insight on what's going on with the Carolina Panthers, specifically the release of Mark Quan McCall. Yep. Um. It. it was bizarre that you find it out this way. Like, is that this is uh, Frank Reich asked about McCall? Um, why the sudden turn of events here? Um, you know, like I think it does come down to the two things that we're talking about. You know, it, it really comes down to fit with a certain scheme and style that we're looking for, and then um, some of the young guys that we've brought in have really risen to the challenge. And um, so it's been very competitive, right? This is this time of the year, as you guys know, like this next week is for us coaches, this is as tough as it gets because, you know, you feel like legitimately, I feel like every. I love this. They ask him a follow up question because coach speak. This is what they always say. It's just, it's just fit. We love these guys. We wish we could keep everybody just, uh, you know, I want to give them opportunity. Then he was asked on the follow up is like, what about the fit? That was a problem. Can we play clip two real quick? And then we'll bring in our guest. Sorry, I put you on the spot without giving you enough lead time right now. I know. Here. You're doing me dirty. Man, I brought it in the chat, but it was quick. Yep. Uh, yep. I like this. I, the, I love the follow-up question. Don't let these guys completely off the hook, even though they should have pushed one more time. Here we go. Almost. How do you... Um, it, it's in, in multiple ways. You know, I don't want to really, it's a very fair question because you're right. You know, just body type and other ways you think, well, he is the traditional three, four. And that's why I think he's going to be on the roster. I think for us in our scheme, there's more nuances to it than the traditional thing. So I just leave it at that. But- I wonder if that is code for he's dumb. 
I don't know. I mean, like that's all I could get there. All right. That is Frank Reich being asked about the release of Mark Warren McCall. Let's go ahead. And it is 931. Waiting patiently in the green room is our guest for tonight. Ricky Reigns, writer for CatCrave.com. Ricky, I've been watching. I've been seeing you. Boy, big time active. I feel like all of a sudden you're just plowing onto the scene and becoming a superstar. Welcome to the C3 Panthers podcast. Hey, man, thanks a lot for having me. And uh, I don't really know how the trajectory began, but I'm definitely not complaining. I'm happy to be a part of things. Um, I've been a Panthers fan for my entire life that the Panthers have existed. So kind of like divulging into this side of it is just a natural next step for me, right? Um, I'm happy to be on here tonight talking to you guys, too, about Marquand McCall because Marquand is a player that I have had my eye on, that I have been a believer of, Um And I think that the surprising aspect of all this, right, is that every sentiment coming from our reporters, even from the team writers, literally within the last eight days has been about how imperative this player is to this defense and about how perfect of a fit he is for this scheme. So I think you're right about like those follow up questions about how that's so important. There's just some stuff that doesn't align. Right. And and maybe a lot of this is the unsure nature of fans right now because of the last three years that have been endured. And I think that's a fair carryover. But we also are just looking to make sure that what is being told to us and we don't have to know everything. That That's one of the great things about Frank Reich. He has a reputation for keeping internal issues internal, which is awesome. Right. Like He's not going to fold like Matt Rule would have. But we still want to make sure that these things that are being told to us aren't incorrect would be my major thing with this. Right. R- Ricky, let me ask you this. I mean, you know, he says nuances, that there's a lot right. of nuances to this 3-4 that's kind of different from a 3-4. And it says, yeah, Mark Juan will get picked up by the team. So he's doing like the, the politically correct thing. But it right. almost kind of hints as there is a bigger issue that's kind of being swept under the rug here and not talked about. You know, you mentioned how Frank Reich will sometimes, uh, know, is known for keeping things kind of internal. Do you right. think that there's something maybe more to this? Maybe some, maybe like a, you know, just speculating here, like a character concern or what was it? Because as you mentioned, they have been very complimentary of Marquand McCall and he even flashed at times last year. Right. That's a, that's a good point. And, and it's, it's something that is difficult for me to do too much speculation on because of the fact that what we're supposed to do and what we are right to do is to listen to the reporters that actually have a pulse on this football team, right? Um, our local reporters, the national coverage from somebody like a Joe person, and all of them have relayed the same message here. Fit issues, um, overall program fit, I believe was the term that Frank used. And you're fair to be wondering about, is it something off-field or character concern? Let me give an example, too, because this is from a article that Augusta Stone, the, the team writer for the Panthers, just said in her article published on August 14th. And it's a quote from Ajiro Evero. He says, it's important to have a nose that can play the run game and play at the center. But all three of those interior guys have to be not only great against the run, but we value position flexibility. We want guys who not only or who are not only just noses, but guys that have the ability to play the end as well. And I think Marquand can do that. So here's where a little bit of the transparency comes from me in question. 
in his two preseason games, he played 18 snaps in both games. His alignment usage was only in the A gap, which is the traditional nose tackle alignment, and the B gap, which is just on the outside of the center in between the center and the guard. So both of those are defensive tackle alignments. So what versatility did he not show in those games that made such an impact to take him from starter to waived within a week, right? Because something there seems a little bit different. And if you had the faith and feeling that he could provide that versatility, and that is something that Marquand provided, he could get after the pass, after the quarterback a little bit more than what you would typically see from a guy who's six foot four, 345 pounds. Um, there was also conversation about his length, right? That they said they wanted longer players. As far as like his arm length measuring up against other nose tackles, prominent nose tackles in the league, and even Raquan Williams and Taylor Stallworth, longer arms on Marquan McCall. Now he struggled sometimes to disengage from blockers. So maybe that's a little bit of what they meant is that they want somebody who can not only occupy the blocks, but can get off of them and make a play in the backfield. I watched the tape multiple times of these two preseason games because that's apparently the reason why he was waived is his preseason play. I didn't see anything that looked like a red flag to me. And that's just my analysis. So I take it with a grain of salt, right? Yeah, he got dragged on one, a couple of run plays and this and that, you know, but it's kind of how do you know uh, if how much we give so much grace to other players. So you say, well, he got dragged on this run play. The other thing to me that's strange about this, Ricky, is that if that is the case, if it's fit and nuance, why didn't they just move him down in the depth chart? Right. And like right. and and it seems like this is in some ways they're saying, look, is that they're indicating they were going to waive him, period. Right? right. Like it's like and it's like so now I love when they always do this. Like we did him a favor. Yeah, we did him yeah. a favor by waving him today. But it's something smells odd here. It just doesn't seem like in two preseason games that the guy you had penciled in as the starter and they talk about fit it's nuance. What kind mm-hmm. of nuance do you really need? I mean, I know it's not, I know it is an elite game and they are every position is sure. important, but like at the same time is that it's the defensive front. Right. <laughs> it's not and, a, it's, and it's, and it's a nose tackle, right? Yeah. Like his, his responsibility from like a very basic standpoint, his responsibility is to occupy blockers so that they cannot get to that second level of defenders. So that guys like Frankie Louvu, guys like Shaq Thompson, Camus Grugier Hill, they thrive when they can roam and they can get sideline to sideline and they don't have these heavy hands pushing them around, right? So Marquand McCall was tasked with doing just that, occupying those guys. And you talk about him getting pushed around on those run plays. I saw that too. And, and, and maybe that is concerning for them, but it was also two players that had to do that to move him. You know what I mean? He was engaged by the center, and then the guard came and moved him over. Right. Too. Yeah, so which is doing, doing what you're supposed to do, which is right? Doing exactly right. And he did stuff gaps on run plays. I saw him in the backfield a handful of times between those 36 snaps. So there is just a little bit of question about what nuance was he not doing. And Dan Morgan came out today and said that he just wasn't doing what the coaches really wanted. Let's listen. We've got that clip queued up. Go ahead, uh, Cody. Let's listen to Dan Morgan, who expanded on this. Now, I do. I want us to think when we listen to him talk about this is, is he saying, like, what is the what does he really mean here? So I think the words could be misleading here. We'll see. We'll see what you guys think. I'll tell you what I think. Yeah. You know, uh, Marquand did a good job for us. You know, he came, came back in shape. Um, 
you know, he's a great kid. And, you know, I just think it really came down to fit. Um, just talking to, to the new staff, talking to Evero and talking to the coaches, we just felt like it was, it was time for us to kind of move on and give him an opportunity to, you know, find another home. So I think that's why we did the, did this now is just to kind of give him that opportunity. Fit how? You know, just fit in our, in our scheme. You know, I think, uh, I think you want, you know, you want guys that fit your scheme and what the coaches want. And, you know, he, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't doing what they really wanted. So I think from that standpoint, we just had to move on. So when he says they weren't doing what he, he, they wanted him, there's two, uh, there's, I think there's two ways we could read that statement, right? One is that we could read it as in he's not being, he's not receiving the coaching and applying the concepts and the ideas. And he's really just, you know, plateaued or regressing or something, but he's not doing like intentionally not doing what they want. Yeah. And then I think the other way to read it is, is he just not the player they want? (laughs) It's just like not as good as they want him to be. This seems there's something fishy about this, I think, because he said we and we need to go find him a new home. Right. Like is it almost seems like he, he found a home pretty quickly in yeah, New England, right? Yeah. <laughs> and no, that's a kidding. franchise that has a pretty good idea of what a good nose tackle could look like. Uh, there was a guy named Vince Wilfork. That- this is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Played in New England. I don't know if anyone's familiar yeah. with that guy, but yeah. you know, it, it's the other thing though that you bring up is maybe he's just not the player that they wanted him to be. It's possible that they put him in that designation as the starter for the with that first team, and and we know that the PR team created that initial depth chart, so you take that with a little bit of a you know hesitancy. But it's possible that they put him in that first string to try to get the most out of him to see how he would react with being put with that defensive line to see how he played with the better players to see if that made a difference. And that's why he started that first game is because Derek Brown was also active. Right. And we saw him line up next to Derek Brown and maybe they were just trying to get a look of live game action. What can he do if he is occupying that, if he's playing that zero technique and he's occupying that a gap, what can he do with Derek Brown next to him disrupting that line? Can he hold those blocks? Can he hold all of those, those offensive linemen, to allow Derek to get back there and do a little bit more from a production standpoint as he had zero sacks last year. So that makes a tiny bit of sense to me as far as this specific scheme fit that they're talking about. I only have a problem because they have come out and quite literally contradicted themselves with what they have been saying all camp and even as soon as a week ago, right? Could that, that be that's it. Could that be a reflective of them wanting to try to maybe trigger some trade capital 
like maybe trying to get team peak teams interest and saying like well this guy seems to be a pretty good i mean i know there's games that these guys play and maybe that's them playing 3d chess that uh or at least me thinking they're playing 3d chess uh do you think that is a, a reason why that's so contradictory to the actions they take so what uh, my question would be what um what asset are you thinking that they could be trying to move via trade right because marquan i don't know that they ever would have had an idea that they could get something in return for an undrafted free agent that had amassed 15 tackles right in a season that's that's a tough sell even if you put him on the first string um i i think it's either going to be about showcasing him next to that first string seeing how he fits with shy seeing how he fits with Derek, more so than like the trade value in my opinion but i also again it's pure speculation for any of us fans. And that's that's the tough part about when they tell us their reasoning and they repeat the same reasoning. At some point, we do just accept it and and move on. And and there is – Cody had a good point, though. Marquand McCall isn't necessarily the guy that was going to take us to the Super Bowl, right? Like, he's, right. Not, the, he's not the last $5 you needed to be able to buy the Lamborghini that you've been saving up for. So – at some point, we have to be realistic and say this defense isn't changed dramatically by losing him. I just had hesitancy because he's the last true nose tackle on this team. And that if you're talking about where I think we have a deficiency is in the run defense on this team right now. I just think that losing that large body, losing that gap stuffer is something that we're going to notice. And probably sooner than later, because we play a very run heavy offense in the Atlanta Falcons of week one in the Mercedes Dome. Yeah. Ricky, and if I could kind of put forth this as well, I think Panther fans were also upset. Not necessarily that it was McCall, but who else it could have been, right? Yeah. Like it could have been a Michael Jordan or a Cam Irving, who's, mm. I mean, they've drawn a lot of ire from Panther fans recently. So I, I think that was also part of the conundrum that yeah. came along with it. But actually, my question is I want to shift to the player that they've, essentially cut Mark Juan to clear a space for, and yep. that's Troy Hill at cornerback. And it's funny because, you know, for the most part, Panther fans have been very, uh, you know, hesitant about the Panthers' depth at corner. You yep. know, and we just really don't know what we have in Keith Taylor Jr. and a few of these other players. But you bring in a veteran like Troy Hill, and he really is what the doctor ordered. And especially when you look at Dante Jackson, and his injury recently. Yeah. Where do Troy Hill factors into this defense? And you know, what kind of a signing would you rate this uh, for the Panthers? Yeah, it's a good question. I'll, I'll touch briefly on the first part too, just because I think you made another good point with the Michael Jordan, Cam Irving situation there. There's just a little bit of nuance when it comes to the offensive line depth across the entire NFL right now, that it's more difficult to find somebody that can do a sparks, uh, a a spot start if they absolutely need to. I'm not of the belief that Michael Jordan should be getting a spot start anywhere in the NFL, especially not in front of Bryce Young. Please, by all means, get 73 away from him. Um, but as far as Troy Hill, I like the signing a lot. Obviously, the familiarity with Jiro Evero and Jonathan Cooley from his time in Los Angeles with the Rams. Um, he's been productive in spurts. We know that he had the three interception game um, in 2020, I believe it was. Where I think that he fits in with this defense really well, we know that we want to play Jeremy Chin in that big nickel or that star role, right? When we're when we're playing the sub package and we don't have the three four base out there, and we're taking one of those linebackers out and putting in an extra DB in this modern day NFL. 
Chin is not a traditional nickel, though. And we and Evero is still going to run a heavy amount of regular nickel looks as well, where that's where Troy Hill can excel. Those smaller, more traditional, shifty, speedy slot receivers, they would give Jeremy Chin fits. And that's and that's something that we've seen in the past. And that's why I think that having somebody like Troy Hill come in and play that position is a really big benefit to this defense. I think that we'll also see JC play a little bit of that nickel. I think he maybe is a little bit more of that hybrid between the chin and a Troy Hill type of player. Troy Hill also can play that boundary. He's not the biggest guy. Um, He does have the physical traits to mirror and play boundary corner. So I think it's that versatility that Evero and this staff has harped on so much that Troy Hill can come in, give us some production. He's, he's a ball producing cornerback. He can make plays. He can, he can turn a turnover into points really quickly as well. Um, So I think that there is a very, functional benefit to adding him to this roster. And I have no problem bringing him in. I think that Keith Taylor Jr. and C.J. Henderson are going to surprise people this year. I know that they just talked about C.J. today, called him Mr. Consistency. That's a great vote of, or vote of confidence for him because this is a guy who consistency has been one of his Achilles heels in the league. So if, he, if they have unlocked something there and gotten the most out of him, maybe they use him in a proper way. I think that the secondary goes from being one of the weak spots that everybody has a lot of worry about to being a place that we might be stronger than some other position groups, kind of like our inside linebacker group by bringing in Camus, Grugier Hill, and Deion Jones. You shore up a weak spot with just a couple of strategic moves, and all of a sudden you've got a strength in that defense. So I like the move. Yeah, awesome. Go ahead, Greg, get in there. Well, honestly, that was going to be kind of my question is, is, and I'll add a little more to it with that is by getting, you you mentioned earlier, the, the $5 piece, like McCall's not that $5 piece that's going to get you the Super Bowl, but by doing this, are we valuing and saying that by not getting rid of our offensive linemen that we probably should have, and by not shoring up that position and getting the secondary that we're more confident or this coaching staff is more confident in the defensive front right now and less confident in the secondary and the offensive line? I mean, is that kind of a statement move by doing that? Because I would think that if you cut him, I mean, the logical term would be to, like Tony said earlier, just move him down the roster point. If he's not the guy right. you want starting, at least he's on the team. He knows the scheme. He's, you know, made some kind of, you know, gelling with the players sure. there. It yeah. seems it seems like you would just demote him, not cut him. So I'm kind of with Tony. It smells a little fishy. But do you think that makes a statement about how they feel about the other positions? I agree with both sides of that argument, to be completely honest. I think that you're correct that it alludes to the statement that they feel better about this defensive front than they do in some of these other positions. Um, and and maybe that's part of that contradictory part too, though, right? Is that they said that some of these younger guys. Isn't that wild? Because McCall is a second year player. He's They're 24 like, years old. He's, he was the youngest, he was the youngest player on the, on the defensive front. Like what in the world? Like, right now. I know that, Taylor Stallworth is another player that I have been pretty high on um, from my time watching him in camp. And he's just number 78 out there. His number just kept on showing up every single time that I would watch these practices. So I do think that they have some faith there. And Raycon Williams was a guy that Mike K told everybody about before that preseason week two. And he, he showed up, you know what I mean? Like he did play well. So yes, I think that they feel better about that unit where I would say with that offensive line though, I don't think that there's like some supreme confidence in that offensive line. As far as this coaching staff thinks, I think that the comment that Dan Morgan made today about where we are in that waiver order from the priority list 
I think that tells you a lot about what they will be that looking at. That was also at. crazy, too. Yeah. He's like, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so, for excited. The fifth, right. I'm so excited for right. everybody to be cut because we are not good enough right now. Right. right. I think that what you'll see, though, is that when you see some of these offensive linemen getting cut, and, and there was a report out there about possibly the Arizona Cardinals trading uh, Jones, their second or third year offensive tackle, um, and you could probably get him for dirt cheap. If If some of those guys end up out there, I think that the Panthers will be really quick to cut ties with guys like Michael Jordan and Cam Irving. Guys, Cam Irving, please. I know Michael that Cam Jordan's Irving, man, go. he's been talked about as a really good locker room guy, but that can only go so far, right? Because yeah. if you're a good locker room guy who is physically hurting your franchise quarterback anytime that you're on the field, I don't think that that payoff is worth it. And right? just like, complimenting, you're just yeah. complimenting the the rookie from the Jets in that he's like, oh, he's shifty. He's shifty as he just beat right. my ass. And, the, right. and then on top of that, you get too is that if he is, we heard so much about him mentoring Iki Aquanu. And right now, Iki. That's the issue, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I mean, it's like, where's that ish mentoring guy? Don't let him near. Let's, yeah. uh, let's shift gears while we got you for a few more minutes. Is, uh, sure. What do you think about overall the state of the team? Where you know, I mean, look, is and look, and, and we we tell people we don't we don't ever tell anybody how to fan, right? right. Is uh, right. and I love look. The reason we have a podcast is because people are fanatics. So I think yeah. it's okay to freak out. I think it's okay to write it off as it's just preseason. I don't know. I've been doing this for ten years, Ricky. This show has been going on for ten years. And Man, yeah, I know. Thank person. you. I know. We just keep doing it, man. We have yeah. first I, for the first five years. I just spoke to the internet. Nobody listened. They just kept talking. Yeah. Hey, I'm right but, there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But the, the thing is, is like, uh, I think the truth lies somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I've tried to keep from getting my hopes too high at times in the past. You know what I'm saying? It's like, sure. even like, even when the Panthers came out and stunk in against the jets, I was like, I'm used to this. this is right where I belong. I wasn't even, but I, I I think secretly or if to be just candid, I think that the, the excitement got to me that, uh, that the coaching staff, the, the, all the things that I wanted, it's like everything I wanted was under the tree in a way. It's like offensive coaching staff, experience, a new quarterback, all of this stuff. And maybe I think that my expectations were high, but I also think it's fair to say that this team just hasn't looked that good either. Yeah. I think that it's fair to think that maybe you're riding that pink cloud a little bit, right? Yeah. Like maybe it's just that optimism that carried you through the, the dull part of the off season. Yeah. Where there's no actual activity going on and you're, you're grasping for straws on anything that you can feel really good about. Right. But you're also right about having all of your Christmas wish list under that tree. When you wake up on Christmas morning, you got every big shiny toy that you possibly yeah. could have wanted this offseason. <laughs> and it's and it's awesome, man. Like I feel that same happiness, like that jubilance that you just can't stop thinking about because we went from being so incompetent and having such inferior play at the most critical positions of the sport to all of a sudden getting one of the highest rated, highest touted prospects at the quarterback position, a quarterback guru as a head coach, our first offensive-minded head coach a defensive coordinator who probably should have already been a head coach in this league who had a good year last year in Denver. There wasn't like he had a bad year. So he became available. No, he just came here to coach with this coaching staff. This was a platform for him. Yeah. I think think Sean Payton wanted to keep him. 
He did. Absolutely. And I'm really glad that he didn't stay. I'm glad that everyone moves as far away if they came from Sean Payton. Yeah, not a big fan there. Um, but my excitement for this team, my judging of what I am expecting for them, I still have high expectations, to be completely honest. And part of that is because if you look at what we were able to do from a record standpoint with the players and the coaches that we had last year, and we bring back a, a big core of especially the defense, right? And I know that we're moving to a different scheme, but a lot of these players translate to that scheme really well. I think Brian Burns is just going to unlock a whole nother level this year. And I think putting Justin Houston on the outside with him, and now we know that Marquise Haynes is back, there's plenty to be excited about with that pass rush. And I don't think that we've felt that way in the past few years with YGM as the hope of that unit. I think still we have to temper expectations a bit. And I say that as a person who predicted getting 11 wins for the season. And I still am not going to, I'm not going to shy away from that though, either. Cause you look at the schedule and you look at our division. I still think that we are the best team on paper right away. I think that the saints give a little bit of opposition there and they give us a little bit of a push because of their experience, but they have a head coach that hasn't won like anything. <laughs> like, like You can't right. be that scared about somebody who has no track record of winning. You're projecting everything. At least with Frank Reich, he does have a record of winning football. He's had a bad break these last few years playing, you know, 72-year-old quarterbacks at the starting position. And that's difficult for anybody to kind of make that work, especially with the skills positions that they had there. I still feel good about this. I still think that the beginning part of our schedule, going to Atlanta and playing them in week one, Desmond Ritter is a good person for this defense to face first because I don't think he has a ton of confidence with himself. And I don't think that coaching staff has a ton of confidence with him. So if we get a subdued game plan and we get to pin our ears back and let Evero fire everything off week one, feel good about getting that first road win. And then you come back home against the Saints, it's going to be electric, right? It's Bryce Young's home opener on a Monday night football game. Oh, if this team can get out to a 2-0 start and ride momentum with all of the talent that is here, and a lot of that is based off of this wide receiver group playing up to their potential, not to what they have, because that is the group that I think can make the biggest difference here. If TMJ takes a step, if Mingo is exactly what he has looked like, but in the regular season, and Chark can get those big plays while Adam Thielen just carves apart that intermediate level, I think that this is a dynamic team with a dynamic coaching staff and a ton of experience, and I'm still very, very optimistic about their outlook this year. Is this offensive line broken? Is it fixable, or is it just early? So I'll I'll just say that with James Campen here and keeping him here for a reason, I'm going to err on the side of it's completely fixable. Because I think what we're seeing right now with these one-on-ones in preseason, we're not giving much help to Icky, right? And, and you don't necessarily have to. What we have for him aspiration-wise is we're looking for him to be a top to 15 offensive tackle in the NFL. That's what we want. But it's still his second year. And we knew some of the deficiencies and struggles that he had coming out of college but he has the physical traits to put all of that together. It is a coaching part. It is a fundamentals and technique issue with him right now. And I wouldn't feel any, any more comfortable with anyone else other than James Campen. So until James Campen gives me a reason to doubt him, which he hasn't up to this point, I'm going to trust him to put this together, especially when Austin Corbett comes back. If Chandler Zavala can show some chops playing that right guard position, if he wins that battle, and he shows some real chops there at that position, and Brady Christensen, let's just say that he has a tough 
stretch at the beginning of the year, there is a realistic path that you could see Icky, Chandler, Zavala, Bradley Bozeman, Austin Corbett, and Taylor Moten as the starting five at some point in this season. Don't and shit I, on our guy. Yeah, but but right, you just left the best guy off the table. Wait, hold on. Wait, wait, Tony. Let me keep Ricky in on this. So <laughs> I, I, I've seen you on Twitter in recent days, yeah. right? And I, I know uh, there has been this train uh, of, of people who yeah. talk about switching Brady Christensen to left tackle and Akim McQuanu to left guard. Well, You're the pioneer, I, right? <laughs> I, I'm the pioneer, dude. I'm the originator of this, yeah. and a lot of a lot of people. I mean, last year he was saying this before they even dude, took a snap. I've, yeah, I've I've been on this, and it yeah. goes back to the crazy idea that even though he never played left guard at BYU, Matt right. Rule and his staff had him rated as a higher guard than a tackle, even though they never saw him play it. A lot of people feel like it's an insult when we, when we talk about moving Ike Aquanu to left right. guard. But I'm talking about in today's NFL, I feel like your interior is now more important than your tackle play because that's what's providing your quarterback the pocket to be able to step up and pass the football. Also, knowing how dominant he is in run defense Mm -hmm. and being able to move people out of their spot, to me, it just seems like it, it would be better for both men. I'm not even saying do it right away. I'm not saying this is something that has to happen yesterday. The only thing I've been saying is that if Icky continues to show some of these flaws at the end of his pass rush, when, you know, defenders get to that outside foot, if he continues to have troubles at that position, then to me, it's not as crazy as some people might think to swap those two dudes. Right. So I don't think that you're like, off base with the logic of thinking that there is a reason to at least explore the idea from a ideological place. <laughs> a thought um, experiment, should we yeah, say? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> like a hypothesis is always a good way to figure something out from a scientific way, right? From a scientific <laughs> method. So I don't think that there's anything wrong with questioning it and thinking it and presenting that as an option. I, there's nothing wrong with that. And you're right, Brady Christensen did play well at BYU as a left tackle, like historically well. He did get some reps at left tackle in the NFL. It was not sterling, but it wasn't dumpster fire either. It was on short notice, too, with very little practice time. That's right. But where Brady has his deficiencies are the same at left tackle and left guard, right? He is going to have trouble with power. He doesn't have great length to hold on to a block without kind of getting turned and falling into that penalty. Now what Icky's problem is that he guesses too much when he's doing his pass sets. He is guessing way too much on the timing of his hand punch and on the approach from the defender. That is something that is coachable. That is definitely fixable. And what I think what from an NFL coaching staff, they look at guys that have these traits and say, I can't put functional strength, and speed and athleticism in Brady Christensen. But I can take the strength, athleticism, and abilities that Icky has, and I can fine-tune that into the player that I want him to be. And I don't think that they're going to give up on that yet. I do agree 100% with the notion that Icky could be an absolute elite left guard. There's no doubt about that. And I think anyone that would argue that as wrong just doesn't understand what point you're trying to prove there. Right. I just don't know that Brady is an upgrade at left tackle. And what you say about like the interior being more important or just as important, 
right now as the tackle position. Mm-hmm. Look at who's getting significant paydays and who is getting drafted high in these NFL drafts. Yeah, it's I think, too, rushers. that I think a lot of that. Well, you're right for the edge. I think also when it just comes to the tackle is like that skill set is so rare. It's rare, man. Well, left at right in the right, even the right tackle to a certain extent, right. because now they flip, flip him every way. It's like it's easier to find body types out there that can be guards. And look, the it is tried to move Taylor Moten to the left side for a, for a little bit. Right. Right. And that, that didn't work out because that's just not his well, skill set. Think Byron he, Bell. Byron Bell yeah. was a good guard. He was, he was a mediocre. He was a average right tackle and he yep. was a bum of a left tackle, you know, right. and it's just, you right. know, so I do think there's some merit here but i want to go back to icky real quick in this yeah. is that I, well first I, I i'm curious to see why you didn't uh have put Bri- uh, brady christensen in that start that five when he's been the arguably the best lineman out there so far. oh no no what i meant by that is that if brady were to struggle for the first three or four regular season games while corbett is still getting healthy because that's my expectation is that corbett misses the three or four games yeah, coming in yeah, the season what I meant by that is that if Brady shows significant struggles in those four games and Chandler Savala shows much better performance, which they drafted him with the intention of him being a left guard. I don't think that they drafted Chandler Savala to be the right guard. That was Austin Corbett's position. I think that they drafted Savala as a not insurance policy, but a checkup on can we get better at this position? We've heard this coaching staff in front office say that all offseason, right? We are always open to getting better if there's an option out there. I think that's what Chandler Zavala presents because I think that he present he he gives an anchor at that left guard, which is the one thing that Brady Christensen does struggle with. I don't think that Brady Christensen should be replaced right now. That's right. not my mindset. I think that Brady Christensen has earned his spot on this starting offensive line. He's really he got. He's really just the Panther fans for some reason just don't respect him. I yeah. don't know what it is. Is like because it was and like he's oh, so Cade, humble. He's so because Cade Mays. They're like Cade Mays is a star. Like in this and Cade Mays right. was sorry out right. there too. So if we go back, I think this is I saw a cut to it podcast with Steve Smith. I watched just a little bit of his uh, from after the first preseason game, mm-hmm. and he was talking about. And I think this was a point that I've been trying to make on this show is the difference between having a good preseason and a bad preseason is like this it's like one catch like you make one yeah. play you're freaking having a great season you miss right. one play oh what a terrible thing yeah. here is that i think in many ways i'm a little surprised and maybe it's just because we see little bryce getting crushed out there but people are already like that that cody's take of like put him at guard like if people are just like Ricky stinks i think he showed yeah. the physical traits to play the position Absolutely. And I said in the game, in the post game show, I said this these that was a mental error. Yeah, it wasn't like his kick step was slow. It right. wasn't like he was physically incapable of blocking the guy in front of him. Right. He just went right when he should have went left. And, and so yeah. this was a mental error. Do does that concern you at all as a guy who was drafted? I mean, you had your pick of the litter. Right. Six pick last year. I mean, it really had a good I, I'm, I guess I'm saying is this. Does that concern you? And does that also lend any credence to the idea that Icky's success last year came when we switched to the power run game? It, it's mildly 
Man, is concerning the right word? Is there a synonym that I can use here that's like like a, a little, little less mean? Yeah, than like concerned. a little bit more subdued, right? Like, yeah, yeah. There you um, go. Concerned, I don't know, but but a little bit curious about why he hasn't taken the mental step up in his second year with a whole offseason program as the starting offensive tackle, as the tab to be a franchise left tackle. Um, the reps that he's getting against people like Brian Burns in camp and in practice on a daily, you would think that at this point, some of those things were be hammered so far into his brain that it would be almost difficult not to remember some of it. Right. But there is a lot that goes into playing that position. Left tackle is not a simple position. So as much as I do have some curiosity about why that is still happening, it's like what you said earlier, though. He shows every physical ability to not only play that position, which is a rare thing to get a good physical specimen to play that position, but he also shows that he can play it at a high level when things are clicking for him. We got to figure out how to hone that in and how to turn that into his everyday approach at the left tackle position. And if we can do that, I think we do have one of those unicorn type of players at the left tackle. I just think that there is still significant work to be done, and maybe we have to do a little bit of scheming on that offensive line to help him through those growing pains. It's still year two, and he hasn't taken a regular season snap, right? So I pump the brakes on anything as far as making a serious determination off of preseason. Um, yeah, and, and I know we've taken up so much of your time tonight, so I do appreciate you uh, oh, hanging good, out with man. us. I love talking ball. I sit here and talk with you guys all night. <laughs> well, I think this is, um, this is an interesting, cause I, there's, there's different positions that Panthers fans have. Um, and I don't know if it's just simply because of what we've seen the past two weeks, but, um, for instance, Cody, he has a position of, we shouldn't play our starters, right? Mm-hmm. Right now, there's just no value. There's no strategy involved there. If you're, if your strategy is, and this is where the argument comes into play, and I'm interested in your opinion on the matter. If the strategy is you want to be able to get some positivity, you want to build their confidence, you want to get them on on track, well, the idea of doing a vanilla play calling is contradictory to being able to provide you that confidence, right? Whereas if it's a matter of just trying to get the gelling together and being uh, able to... Uh, you know, get the issues, as I mentioned earlier on the show, like uh, the the miscommunication with the line calls with Icky not not picking up that uh, that his assignment correctly because he misunderstood yeah. what the assignment was going to be um, like that. Finding that out in preseason is something that's pretty valuable instead of that Absolutely. being week one against the Falcons. Right. Correct. So, I mean, when you think about your opinion about whether starters should play in preseason or shouldn't play in preseason, where do you stand? And for what reason do you feel like your stance is what it is? So I've always been a proponent of playing kind of the way that they have so far as far as like series and snaps. I think that if you can put together a good series, like a very fruitful, productive series where there is things that you can take home from that, that you like the Giants did. Yeah, right. Like like, honestly, that first drive, that first drive for the Giants, why the hell would you put him back out there? Right. Right. Like he showed exactly what you're looking for. They got some meaningful reps. They ran some decent looking plays. And now look, they also did it against a defense with us that isn't doing anything, man. Like my my article that I just posted for Cat Crave this morning was about this defense and about is this actually the defense that we're going to see? Like, is there any reason for concern here? The Giants and the Jets both benefited and they attacked the areas that they knew that they could against this defense. So I take I take the success of them with a little bit of pause as well. But 
from a from a standpoint of what you want to see from your guys, that's it. I want to see Bryce. I want to see this offense go out there and and execute a great drive. And if they do that, take them off. Now, my standpoint though with Bryce in the playing time at this point, if we're going to continue to run this extremely vanilla offense to the point where we are not going to give him any meaningful beneficial looks as far as plays that he's executing. If he's not going to execute these plays in the regular season, I don't really see a great need for letting him stand out there on these one-on-one reps with our offensive line right now that we're evaluating those players just for Bryce Young to throw a slant and get popped by a rusher that's coming through. I don't see the benefit in that. Now, if Bryce wants, if they want to throw in, you know, it's like mixing a water every now and then type of thing. If they want to throw in a couple of actual plays into their game plan and see how Bryce executes that with the first team, yeah, let's play him. Because I think that that's more meaningful than just sitting and watching. He's going to have to play. He's going to have to get used to the game speed. I think he's shown he's ready for that. So let's dial it up a notch. Let's see what he does with actual concepts that are designed to help him. We're not going to beat 16 or 17 teams this year because we kept everything close to the vest during the preseason. We might get a jump on Atlanta and New Orleans without having a bunch of tape on us. But how much tape are you going to have on Bryce Young if he's only playing two series and three preseason games? You're not divulging that much of your treasure chest. I think it's worth going out there and getting some meaningful plays out. Right. I love what you just said, man. I've been saying that for a while. If you're not... If you're not going to give them any of the actual playbook, then it's like you're essentially just leaving his health to these players that are getting one-on-ones. That's and then right. you're putting Michael Jordan out there. Like right. Michael Jordan was literally in on the play that got Joe Burrow's ACL and MCL. Right. Right. Yeah, dude. It's like, could you imagine the riot amongst Panther fans? Oh, man. Riots that gotten hurt in the preseason? It's a, it's a zero-sum game. I don't believe it's necessarily um, preparing Bryce or anyone in this offense uh, right. you know, for, for Atlanta. And I like how you said that you know, you're know you throwing him out there to throw a seven-yard slant to Adam yeah. Thielen. It's like, it, just, it doesn't make sense, man. You I'll, just don't want him getting snaps at his own detriment, right? Like, right. If, if he can benefit from the experience and getting those snaps under his belt – I am 100% supportive of that because I think that that's, that's always been my approach with these high-drafted rookies anyways. I think that they get their best experience by in-game experience. There are situations where sitting behind somebody and learning is a, is a nice approach. You have to have some luxuries to be able to deploy that strategy. But in our situation like this and in and, and the situation of an Anthony Richardson and C.J. Stroud, these guys are the future and they should play right away and they should be playing their playbook. And we're seeing that with the other guys, though. We saw C.J. Stroud get absolutely annihilated because of his offensive line play in the first game against the New England Patriots, right? They threw in a couple of different concepts in that second game against the Dolphins. They had him rolling out. They had the line pulling. They had some actions there on that offense that showed C.J. Stroud had great ability, and I bet you that they and he feel way more comfortable going into the regular season after seeing that. Yeah. Where did this team get better from last year other than, I mean, the easy – is quarterback. So other than Bryce, the quarterback position, where did this team get better? And do you see any places that the team may have stepped back from last year? Talent, wherever. You can go wherever you want with that. Yeah. 
Tight end is the first one that stands out to me. I think there's a significant upgrade in tight end with Hayden Hurst because of the fact that he is a reliable pass-catching tight end that will be the best friend for a rookie quarterback like Bryce Young. And that doesn't necessarily mean he has to target Hayden Hurst more than he targets anybody else. It just means that it's an option. And the way that Frank Reich uses tight ends, man, I'm very excited about that group this year. Um, I also think that we got better at wide receiver. And that might sound crazy because no, I agree 100. That depth of our wide receiver group, there's NFL players from one to five right now. I don't think that you could say that same thing last year. I don't think you could say that same thing two or three or four years in a row. Uh, There's an argument. I've been in it. I think this is – I said this. I took some flack last week for saying this, is I think this is the best receiving core we've had since Moose and Smitty. And uh, then people did point out – But I don't think you're wrong, man. Curtis – the Curtis Samuel, uh, Robbie Anderson, and DJ were statistically very productive. So a different NFL, though, right? Well, I mean, it was Teddy Bridgewater – you know, I mean, I mean like, it, so we I had that group type of build for the team, different yeah. era. Yeah. But so, I, I, anyway, I, no, I'm excited about, I think there's potential on this. I think Adam yeah. Thielen has some gas in the tank still. Yeah. Uh, I, think our pass I, rush, I think our pass rush got way better too. And not just because of the personnel of like just Justin Houston edition, <clears throat> but I think that Marquise Haynes getting more looks, which I still am very high on Marquise Haynes. I know everyone's kind of forgotten about him with his back injury that he was dealing with. I think him and Houston working together as rotational pass rushers, man, I love that. And I think that the scheme of Ajiro Evero with those players gives them a much better outlook than having Marquise Haynes hand in the dirt playing in a 4-3. You know what I mean? Like I I just think that we've unlocked a couple of things with the coaching staff. Um, outside of oh, safety, Von Bell. What I mean, that's yeah. a huge, huge addition. That, that might be my favorite offseason addition for the Panthers, to be completely honest. He's a I think good player. He, yeah, he's a great ball player, man, and he's consistent, and he's and he's got dual abilities. He's not just that thumper in the back of, of the secondary. That dude has coverage ability, and he has tackling prowess, and he's a smart, cerebral dude that will be able to direct this very complex defense that everyone's going to run. The amount of times that he disguises his coverage middle of the field open to close close to open that's one of his main things as a Vic Fangio disciple right you have to have smart players out there knowing where they're supposed to be and what their assignments and responsibilities are and and he's one of the brightest at that safety position oh I got a tough question for you this is the last Uh-oh. one and we'll get you out here all right um one year from today mm-hmm. if the Panthers finish with seven wins What's the story you're writing about that season and the expectations for next year on Cat Grave? And what I mean by that is, look, is you and Cody, and, and I can see, I can see a world where ten wins are possible. Yeah, I can also see a world where seven mm-hmm. happens. And yeah. hell, I mean, you never know with injuries, new stuff. It could be even six. What happens? How or what's the story? Yeah, for the Carolina Panthers and their fans, if the Panthers only win seven games, so there's got to be a little bit of context to it for me to really say, know. Say Bryce is healthy, Bryce yeah. stays healthy, Perfect. Perfect. but it's not him that is the central problem. Yeah, 
but you know, he had a rookie year. He had a yeah, good let's year. Say he plays like a rookie, right? Yeah, but a yeah. but a really good rookie. Like, like you think you have pro- yeah ahead. But I think for me, I think people would be going, "Oh shit, is Frank Reich recycled yeah. garbage?" I, I think that you're right that that would be the overall like general consensus, right? That people would freak out because we take a step back. And and I've been high on this idea that there's not enough reason for us to step back from a just like on paper looking at this team and looking at the additions on the coaching staff and the players. I think that we have every reason to take a step forward. But historically speaking, rookie quarterbacks do not put together impressive win-loss record seasons. Now, there are outliers, right? But from a historical standpoint, this isn't something where you add a rookie quarterback and all of a sudden are pushing for division championships, playoff wins, things of that nature. We have the benefit of this division that we're playing in, and that's why I think I'm as high record-wise as I am. But if we win seven games and Bryce Young looks promising, the story for me would be we take a step back in the win column and we take two steps forward in the future. So – I would feel very, very good as long as I see Bryce maintain his health, which I'm not worried about his health. I, I want that to be really clear, too. This dude has no injury history. He's had he's missed like two games with a shoulder injury that Nick Saban says he kind of brought upon himself. It is what it is. The dude's a creator. You don't have to make a problem out of something that hasn't already existed, right? I feel confident about his ability to stay healthy. I feel confident about his skills translating to the NFL because they're built for the NFL. If we win seven games and we have the cap space that we have next year, then I think you see the jump that everyone is excited for this year. Maybe we're a little bit early on that. Yeah, I'm not freaking out if we win seven games. I think under seven, I'd be very disappointed. Yeah, man, we put four or five on the board. I'm going to I'm going to really question a couple of things, probably depending on the context behind that. But four or five wins, I think, is, is extremely disappointing. Seven. Totally. Totally reasonable. Yeah. All right, man. Ricky Reigns, Cat Crave. Hell, heck, tell us, tell us a little bit where not only where they can find your work, obviously, catcrave.com, yeah. but uh, what you're working on next. Yeah. So I'm also part of the uh, Kitty Lit podcast. Okay. Um, you follow us. We're on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, you name it, man. Every platform. What a name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my, the co host, my buddy, Alex Bryant, he came up with it. Um, and I originally came on to do like a guest spot and just kind of see how it went. We had a really good time, man. We got some decent feedback from it. So we've been doing that on a relatively regular basis. Um, we actually, and one thing I would love to plug before I get out of here is we actually had DJ Chark's sister, Deetra Chark, on the podcast um, a few weeks ago. Awesome. And they're running an initiative down there. They have a uh, Chark Sports Performance Academy down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, that they focus on youth age 8 to 18, um, helping with physical wealth as well as mental health. Right now they're running an initiative called Chark Ups with Coach D. That's Deetra Chark. And they're focusing on kids' mental health and, and making sure that all of those things work together as far as not just being, you know, the best athlete that you could be, but being the best person that you could be. They're raffling off tickets, $10 per ticket for a chance to win tickets to the New Orleans Saints-Carolina Panthers game down in New Orleans in December. Um, $10 is all you have to spend for that opportunity. And if you send me proof of purchase for $10, you'll also be entered into a raffle that I'm running for an NFL jersey of your choice. So you send me proof of that $10 ticket, you get a chance to buy tickets to the game or a chance to win tickets to the game and a chance to win a jersey how, of your choice. How can the listeners find? There's 157 people watching the podcast right yeah. now. Thank you guys for tuning in. How can they find that information? Go to www.charksparkspa.com. 
That's the website for Chark Sports Performance Academy. You can go to my Twitter page. It's at Ricky, R-I-C-K-Y, Bowbody, B-O-B-O-D-D-Y. And that Bowbody is from The Office Creed, talking about Bowbody. So if you catch that <laughs> reference, thank you very much. I appreciate you already. Um, you can go there. I've got my pinned tweet has that information on it. Um, you just send me a picture, man. DM me, t- a- a- mention me, whatever you want to do. Um, Deetra will send you pictures of the tickets once she gets your payment. You can buy as many as you want to, man. And it's just, it's a great cause. It's a great thing that DJ Chark is doing. And I think that we should try to rally behind that and, and show the support of Panther Nation. Heck yeah. Great stuff. Ricky Rains, catcrave.com. I hope you can come back on the show sometime. Yeah, man. Anytime. Thanks for Fantastic. having me. Yeah, you've been great, Ricky. Thanks for coming tonight. Thanks, man. Cody. Hey, nice to meet you guys. Yeah, yeah. nice to meet you guys. Thank you. Larry. Wonderful stuff. Oh, look, they're in the chat going after Greg, though. Gregory. <laughs> Gregory. Okay. Uh, you know what, Greg? Why didn't you ask anything about his beard? Y'all could have had like a bearded podcast together. I thought about you that, but I didn't want to chase that squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, each other. It was nice. Yeah. Beard faces together. <laughs> hey, you know, he actually just uh, introduced us to a great charity for the, uh, the bye week stream this year yeah. looking for a new charity that's a great one to no, look into i was thinking jeremy chins oh. jeremy chins got one i think that i was looking we'll, at we'll, but we'll yeah we'll we need to start yeah. going ahead and targeting the bye week the c3 bye week what did we call it last year just the charity, charity bye week or something yeah anyway that was great stuff catcrave.com um go check out his work let's get back oh oh you know what ck warm them pipes up warm them up me, 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 Cody. Yeah, man. 145 people in there and they're freaky dicky. Yeah, man. Listen, a lot of people come here to listen to us talk about Panther football, and that's fine, man. We love that y'all do. But there's also a select few people that come here to get shamed by the best voice in Panther Nation, the voice that makes them moist. Big Papa, talk to him. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, it is almost time for real Panther football. We have one more preseason left, and then football is upon us. We must see our new Messiah take us to the promised land of of Super Bowls, of playoffs, of NFC championships, whatever it may be. Back-to-back winning seasons, maybe. And you've come here to C3 to talk about it. You've come here to complain about us not trading for JT. You've come here to talk about our offensive line being absolutely wrecked in the preseason so far. But you haven't hit that like button yet. Well, I have one thing to say to all you absolute freaks. Subscriber shame. One hundred and forty-six people watching. Eighty-two thumbs up. Hit that like. Hit that subscribe. Hit that notification bell for every single time the C Three Panthers podcast goes live. We appreciate you guys. And hey, if you want, you can join for a dollar ninety-nine a month, and you will get specialized content that will be coming out a day earlier for you than anyone else. That includes. The return of the Madden simulation. That includes 
the return of C3 Film Room. That's right. We're going to be breaking down film from the Panthers game every single week. So hit that subscribe button, man. Only $1.99. Join Panther Nation. We appreciate every single one of you guys for being here. Tony Dunn, you want to jump into some calls or you want to? Let's do uh, a two, uh, Yeah, well, let's do one more topic. I want to bring this up. Is go ahead and bring up Dante Jackson hurt his ankle in that preseason game. And I didn't get to ask this question uh, to Ricky, but is the McCall release. I think the McCall release is was more con- confusing than the signing of the Troy. What's his name again? I always just want to call him Troy Pride, which is not Troy him. Hill. Troy Hill. And uh, just do you think that signals concern about Dante Jackson and his health? Uh, I mean, I think it has to a little, man. And listen, us Panther fans like. This has been a debate forever. Like Dante Jackson and lower body injuries go together like peanut butter and jelly at this point, man. We hate it for the guy. We want him to be healthy, but it's, you know, it's not something that's surprising. And it lends to my argument. Why are we putting guys out there, uh, you know, just to have them banged up before the start of the season? I'm not in love with it, but I do think Troy Hill, being the same kind of size as Dante Jackson, I mean, it tells them that if it's Dante or CJ that goes down, they have someone that will be able to fill in at that spot and at least be able to hold their own. By the way, in 2020, the man had three interceptions and three defensive touchdowns. So it's not like this dude is just some bum that we picked up off the street. The Troy Hill guy? Yeah, yeah. He has played meaningful Balls. That was a long ball. time ago, though. If you think about yeah, it, yeah. But hey, man, ago. it's like what are you, you're, 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 you're too bad. You're yeah, he had one interception last year. Yeah, seven yeah. tackles. Yeah, you could do a lot worse. Thirty-one is not super old, and that's a type of player too that's important. I feel like remember how many times we've added a Roman Harper or a Peanut Tillman, or and those guys were way older at that point. That that can be helpful, but the problem is this: is injuries matter. Injuries hurt, and um, we're nicked up a little bit. We're nicked up in a in, a, in surprising fashion. Chuba hurt now. Uh, people wanting to trade for a new running back. Uh, CK, I got the calls. I mean, CK, uh, Cody, I got the calls queued up. I mean, we might as well let the fans do the talking. The number's 252-228-5098. It's your opportunity to jump into the show. You can leave a message anytime. Call in right now. We'll get you in before the show's over. I think we got Anthony from Charlotte up on the line. Let's get into these cat calls, my friend. Let's do it. 252-228-5098. So what are your thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, it's pretty You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think cat calling makes the person feel? It feels good. Like and a three and a four and a who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in his nose. Who's that kid that can What's up, C3? It's Anthony from Charlotte. Hope y'all boys are having a good Tuesday. Um, just wanted to call in, give some of my thoughts. Um, you know, not much to talk about right now. Uh, we got a preseason game this Friday versus the Lions. Um, 
hoping we get to see more from the offense. Just kind of said this last week. Uh, I know Reich hasn't shown anything, but the offensive line needs to play better. For as much as you people, I'm not going to name names, people want to criticize Bryce Young and say this is his fault and this and that. I mean, listen, I overestimated the talent on this roster. I really did. This offensive line has to play to the standards that they did last year, and I don't think there's any excuses for that anymore. It's unacceptable. Um, you know, they played well last year, and we finally have a quarterback, and now we're doing this bullshit. It just it pisses me off. I know Wright says it's vanilla, but, dude, I was watching the Ravens-Commanders game last night. Dude, if that that they're not calling anything crazy either. Like it's like I don't know what's wrong with this whole Reich thing. Like you can't even run a little bit more regulation in the game. Like it just looks like they're not trying out there, which isn't good because I've mentioned this many times. The Panthers do not have a good history at drafting late round picks. So we we can't just, you know, not give these guys a chance to see what they have because yes, they're gonna make the roster most of them but they're not actually going to be serious depth pieces if we don't even know what they have. Um, yeah, I'm just a little bit worried, man. Um, there's been a lot of injuries going around. You know, Barno got hurt today. Haynes has been dealing with something. Dante Jackson, I can't stand that dude. I can't stand him. He's so annoying. I don't like Dante Jackson. I'm sorry. His ass better be off the team next year. He's injured every single second of the day. Even when he's getting the freaking sloppy toppy from his girlfriend, he probably tweaks his ankle or something. It's just freaking annoying, <laughs> man. That's why we brought in Troy Hill, who I think is a great signing. I mean, we'll see what happens, but we can't open the season flat. The schedule is harder in the beginning as, in, as, in the beginning of the season rather than the end of the season. And this is really going to test how our team comes out. Do we come out flat like a Matt Rule led team or do we come out like we want to win something? Those are my thoughts. Give me your opinion on the offensive line, Troy Hill signing, and Bryce Young, of course. Anthony from Charlotte, keep motherfucking pounded, boys. Keep pounding. And Greg Anthony also says the stats say Bryce didn't last long enough. <laughs> yeah, I saw that one earlier when he put it up, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, I want to say, first of all, I, I didn't say that it was all Bryce's fault, but I'm also not absolving him from from fault either, okay? So that, sure. that's kind of the situation I'm in. So it, it's, it's not me blaming everything on Bryce. I understand the offensive line is terrible, but – it goes back to my point of like we overestimated the team. And from what I understood, he was supposed to be able to overcome this kind of stuff. I'm not saying that any quarterback could or any rookie quarterback could, but given the situation that we have with the offensive line, perhaps a player of his stature wasn't the best selection we could have made at the moment. Now, if the offensive line improves, you know, it, it, it could be better for him. And I'm not saying Bryce Young is bad. Like I said, when I saw him in pre in training camp, when he's not has no fear of getting hit, he can throw the ball. Like he he he's a great he player. He has a panic, I, Greg. Though even under pressure and duress, is like he might not have I, I feel, led the I feel team. Like he's it's like, like he's, he's, he's not like a, like a for instance. I think of a Baker Mayfield. A I'll Baker Mayfield when Baker Mayfield yeah. gets but when Baker puts gets under pressure, he puts his head down and he starts to. Like not know where to go. Yeah. yeah panic. He holds on to the ball. He does a hitch with his arm yeah. or he doesn't know where he's going with the ball. Yeah. And I just have it. So it is that Bryce has been under duress, but he hasn't made poor decisions in those moments. I hear you. And, and I can agree with you on that. I mean, he hasn't thrown any interceptions and I get that he, but he hasn't thrown a lot of completions either. I feel like he's kind of quick to throw the ball away. 
And for us running a vanilla offense, I don't know if that's the reason why is because there's just nothing there or if that's just read, 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 nothing, go throw it away. But I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I think he's more like fine. We'll see yeah. more. We'll we'll get to see more. And if we don't, it's going to be the real concern for me is just the line. Yeah, is that um, we so want to believe that every step of progress last year equates to more progress this year, and that's what I've tried mm-hmm. to caution you guys about in the offensive line throughout this off season. Is last year is last year. We're one injury and one poor play player away from being back to the doldrums of, of crappy offensive line. Did you guys see Bill Voth on Twitter? No, what do you say? He came out after, I don't know if it was the, which game it was after. And he said, look, this might not be my place to, to say this since I'm not with the team anymore, but he kind of put some of the, the problems uh, or some of the reactions from fans and the disappointment on the Panthers media team for being really too optimistic for allowing us, no, for allowing us to believe that because we got the super squad, like they bought a little bit into the fan narratives, super squad coaches, this, you know, is like, and that in some ways they could have, let off the gas a little bit maybe about driving the narrative of just this is going to be immediate success. I'll pull up the tweets. You want to go to another call? As Let's do that. Well, yeah, but hold on. Before you do, I wanted to mention, like, I wanted to follow up with that, but Bill Voth, it's like that's the media team. Literally every media team, all 32 NFL teams, their job is to put out cool, exciting shit pertaining to the team. Like, that's everyone's job. I, I mean, I don't necessarily know what he expected the media team to do. It's it's their job to get people pumped up about the prospects of this team this year. Most people think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Arizona Cardinals are going to have the worst picks in the draft this year, and yet their media teams are are doing the same thing. I mean, to me, the fundamental question is how much stock do you put in preseason? And I think we've all seen that now it varies depending on the person you are. Some people are freaking out over our lack of production in in the preseason. Some people are just not concerned at all. And it seems as though our coaching staff is amongst those that are not concerned. So this jerk doesn't even get man. He ain't even uh, following or covering the team. And his tweet he puts one tweet out gets sixty five thousand views. I wonder how many <laughs> followers we got. He said this. This is what Bill Vo tweeted, and you, I'll let you guys respond to it. Is since I popped back on here earlier, let me say something real quick. It's not really my place anymore. But if it were, I would have spent the past few months trying to temper expectations for the Panthers right now. This season isn't about making the playoffs, even though the division is weaker. It's not even about winning, really. It's about one thing, November and December, which is actually two things. But <laughs> one thing, you should uh, November, December. That's when you'll know if you have a franchise QB. Seems like some truths have been lost in excitement. There are going to be growing pains. The offensive line right now isn't what many had assumed. That's the dang truth. I tried to tell you all that. And the weapons still need to be built up. Of course, they could make it harder to judge Bryce Young or keep him healthy until November. 
But if plays through, you'll have an answer either way in November, just like Cam in 11, just like Herbert in 20. You just knew and playoffs didn't matter. There could be a slow start in another below 500 season. What matters if, is if there's momentum behind Young at the end. Again, I, I like that, but it's basically he's amongst the tepid your expectations crowd. And he's not the only one that is running with that narrative, too. A lot of people are like, hey, you know, and we even heard Richard to say it just now. Historically, rookie quarterbacks, they don't come into the NFL and just light it up their first year. Greg loves to throw Trevor Lawrence at me and my golden boy from Clemson and how he didn't really look like shit in his first year. And and that's true. By the way, Josh Allen didn't look great in his first year. He showed some flashes, but it does take time. And I think that's the message that Bill Voth is trying to put forward there. But, man, it's the start of a brand-new season. Like, this is the time when hope springs eternal. You want to dare to believe for a minute that your squad isn't going to fail you and will actually be able to do something this year. So for those reasons alone, man, I can't blame people that are really high on this team. Well, I think that one other thing comes to what Ricky was saying, what we've kind of – and this is where – Bill is just being almost too cautious in a way, perhaps, is that, like, we had a dumpster fire of a coaching staff last year. We switched to an interim. We had all new assistant coaches. We didn't have a quarterback. We didn't have any. And we still had some winnable games. Yeah. It just feels like this is even if all the things that he's saying is true, that there are going to be growing pains, that there are going to be this, that, that, you know, that that we're going to have to continue to build the roster. It seems like it's just hard to do worse than before. (laughs) That's how I feel is like, you know, I mean, is that what would that tell us too? I mean, good God, imagine if this team won five games this year. Oh, dude, that's not how about yeah, imagine that? how fucking weird that would be. Like, how do you come out? There would be look, I heard that Mac on WFNZ said that people were texting in that Matt Rule was a better coach and did a better job than this. Oh, dude, now we're now it's like, oh, shit. now everybody's really all up in the, dude, they got sand in their in their badge, dude. That's what that is. Can I be honest with you, Tony, talking about what you were just saying? That, I think that's what sticks in my crawl the most is, like, if we win five games, okay, that's not really a big – that's not a improvement off my No, it's actually – um, And worse. We, we don't have a draft pick to back that up if we do win five games. Like, we're out of draft The Bears so get like, a great draft that's pick. That's what I'm saying. So, like, that's what gets me so bad is, like, with, with Bryce. is like I get people are saying he's going to have rookie – slumps he's not going to be great immediately but we gave up a lot for this guy i need to see improvement i think he's not, gonna not, be not fine greg i think you gotta i think he, he, you he have, very well maybe i think yeah. your concerns are valid i just think they're misdirected at price i think the concerns need to be directed at different components of this team yeah you I know mean, it's like is that it to be honest we could with a rookie with growing pains is better than kyle allen a rookie with growing pains is better than Heineke, a rookie with growing pains is better than Baker Mayfield. A rookie would grow like I would take that right now off the cuff, off the rip with no practice. Give me Bryce Young 
And I feel like I would be better than all of those scenarios. Yeah, more than Baker, more than Teddy more than Sam. Yeah, just like Kyle no, like, Allen. And that's even with him having the struggles of not of not even struggles, just imperfection. You know what I'm saying? Just not being right out the rip, a uh, Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah, I and, think and- he can throw. He cannot do worse than Baker Mayfield. Okay. It's and, impossible. And, Go and look. Baker couldn't even get over 180 yards in a game. Yeah. I kept taking Baker on prize picks. By the way, they're going to be our sponsor. You guys save that C3 promo code for next month, though. Like, save that so we get credit for it. I kept taking Baker on prize picks. It was like 205. Then it was 190. I was like, more, more. It went down to 160, dude. And I was like, this dude's got to get more than 160 yards passing. Nope. You were a Baker bottom. There was lots of Baker bottoms. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a Baker bottom, but I was this. Is I was also is like, this is that's the that's my date. I'm going to dance. You know, it's like he was our date last year. Yeah. If I don't think my date is putting out, I ain't dancing, bro. <laughs> you ain't standing up for her? Yeah, I ain't standing for it, dog. I got two, <laughs> left, I, I, I got two left feet out here, bro. <laughs> you got that just chair, just pause a circle? Oh, uh, yeah, dude. I'm fucking, I hit a circle around that bitch. Do a, do uh, a Tokyo, you, do some a people drift. step on feet. Cody runs over them. Shit, I'll crush them things. Right, but watch out for go. my Tokyo drift. Let's take another call right here. Let's do it. I think it's Corey. What's good, fellas? Uh, it's Corey calling in. You guys hear that good? Okay, yeah. it might be a two-parter because I think I have a lot to say. But um, well, Corey, this is though the topic around Panther Nation I'm not today, muting it, but I am walking so away for a second. Day or so has been Jonathan Taylor, and um, anyway, I'm gonna start my call by saying this. All right, um, it's not gonna happen. This is all just you know hearsay and and Panthers fan discourse and da da da. It's it, it's it's not going to happen. Um, I don't. I wouldn't even believe Fitters even looking into the deal just because it 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 doesn't make any sense to me. And um, it's not even from a position of value type of thing. Like that's obviously part of it, right? But it's, I'm not even in the camp of just like oh, running back, don't give a shit, right? Um, because talent is talent, right? And you want to have good players on the field regardless. But I don't. Like it's more like we 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 just signed Booby Sanders, right? We just signed Miles Sanders, like two months ago. He hasn't even played a game for us yet, and he made the Pro Bowl last year. And we're talking about giving up draft capital and eventually extending or re-signing somebody at the same position. To where Jonathan Taylor, don't get me wrong, he's great, but it just seems. The, the difference between him and Miles Sanders isn't big enough for me personally to justify allocating Same. resources in that kind of way. Yeah, like we don't have a first round pick next year. We don't have a second round pick the year after that. One of those motherfuckers is going to get Jonathan Taylor if, if we if we um, if we wanted to trade for him. Not to mention he wants a new contract. He's we're paying Miles Sanders six and a half million a year. We're going to end up paying twenty. million a year to the running back position. And don't get me wrong. Like I said, I understand the argument. You got a quarterback on a rookie deal who we feel like is going to be the guy. You want to surround him with as much talent as possible, you know, while he's on that rookie deal. But not for 
a running back when we just got a guy who's coming off of 1,200 yards and the guy we're trading for is he's not he's a he's a workhorse running back he's a every he's a he's a old school style line him up in the eye formation um take the snap at it take the take the snap on the center and hand it off to him 20 times a game he's not like a pass catcher or line him up here or all these different kind of things he's a old school style running back to where whatever offense he's in he's going to be the focal point of that offense Damn, my, my time's running out fast. I'm going to have to make a part two of this one. All right, well, let's go to part two then. I agree with everything in that call so far, by the way. Yeah, we're going to talk about Man, it. part two of Corey's call. Uh, like I was saying, Jonathan Taylor, he's a guy that he's been getting 300 rushing attempts every year since he's been a fucking freshman at Wisconsin, right? Um, so he's not – like, he's, he don't don't get it twisted. He's going to be the focal point of any offense that he's in just because of he's that he that's where he's most effective. And if he's not going to be your focal point, you damn sure don't need to be paying $14, $15 million a year. And we damn sure don't need to be paying Miles Sanders $6 million a year to be Naeem Hines. Like you can, you could have got somebody else to, to, to be <laughs> that complimentary receiving back, change the face back, whatever you want to call it. Right? And, you know, like it, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me, man. Um, because like I feel like Panther fans are they're they're jumping on it because it's a big name, he's a great player, and then you look at our running backs and it's like, oh, Miles Sanders is hurt. He hasn't even played for us in the preseason. But it's like, okay, dude, he's he's nicked up. We don't he doesn't have a history of, of being injured all the time. And why would you play him in the preseason if he's nicked up right now? That doesn't mean he's not gonna be good he's practicing right now as we speak. Like this so and, and, and you and built your team around him being a, like, the guy. Cuba Hubbard has to be like one of the most polarizing players on this team. And like, let me tell you all right now, man, he's not ass. He's not great. He, he is the definition of average. He is an average ass running back. And what it really is, he hasn't been able to get that shed that sense off of him from his rookie year where he was like stumbling and, and, and dropping passes. He's not like a, a baby back. giraffe out there but just what? falling all around. He, 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 I don't think he's made like those big ass splash plays to make up for what people perceive him as from like seeing him in his first year. But he's solid, dude. If he if he gets us if he has to give us seven eight carries a game, that's what he's here for. You know what I mean? So like yeah. And 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 when he got blown up on that block when the, the, the linebacker blitzed and he he got knocked him over, he he made the block. The motherfucker didn't get to the quarterback and then he made the other. <laughs> I this ain't even a two behind car, right? But but what I'm saying is, like, I hear you. Why do we need Jonathan Taylor? Why would we trade for Jonathan Taylor and then pay him this money when we still don't have, uh, you know, we still got to get some DBs. Justin Houston is great. But he's going to be here for one year. Like we still need a second address. We still need all this shit. And again, we haven't even, this team hasn't even had this team has presently constructed, hasn't even played a game yet. Yeah. And we are already like making short-sighted decisions off of like one thing. Like we still gotta get Bryce Young weapons as receivers. Jonathan Taylor's great, but he's not gonna do nothing to help Bryce Young complete passes. He's a he's a old school down down style, like three down running back. Um let me know what y'all think, man. I already know what Cody's take on this because I've been seeing the tweet about it all day, but let me know what y'all think, man. I, it's it's just short sighted. We don't need I think appreciate that, it, man. Uh, I think Yeah, I, I just wanted to make sure that we didn't skip these two White Taco Express with the 199 says, I never get a rookie jersey, so I better see nine wins. And the real AP says, the concerns are D and O lines. 
I've been preaching this, and y'all want to look at skill positions. Uh, Tony, I've, I've made my opinion very clear on this online. Whenever there's another offensive player that's available, all Panther fans start crying like a child in Toys this R Us. This is all p- fans. Yes, this gotta be about all the, fans. About and... the, I mean, I don't want to say all, but there is a large majority of fans that are like, oh, how come the Panthers aren't going to get somebody like Jonathan Taylor? Because it doesn't make Bryce any Young. sense for our team. Yeah, it doesn't make Makes any zero sense. sense. And the people that are complaining about us not going to get Jonathan Taylor are simply not looking at this from a logical perspective. Now, originally they were saying they wanted a first round pick for Jonathan Taylor, but pretty much GMs and, and uh, you know, uh, managers everywhere are saying, no, nah, there's no way that's going to happen. It's probably going to end up being a second or third round pick. If the Panthers gave up, let's just say their second round pick this year, not only do the Panthers not pick in the first and second rounds, but then the you're gonna have to pay him what upwards of fifteen plus you're million dollars a though. year. You're not gonna even do that. You're gonna trade away, you're gonna have him for a season, and then yeah. he's gonna go somewhere else. Well, that and and here's the other piece of this. Here's the the logic that I think is lost. There's a lot of people. You know, and, and even maybe some content creators that we're in a group chat with who are of the mind, I don't want to turn up my nose at uh, at uh, offensive talent, right? Nobody's saying that, right? Nobody's looking at Jonathan Taylor and saying, right. I don't want him on our team, right? We're not willing to pay the price that would take Jonathan Taylor to come on our team. Here, here Let's talk about the logic here. Number one, they're wanting the same haul, if not more than what we got for CMC. So what you're saying is now we're going to trade away the amount of picks, you know, that we would have gotten for CMC. All right. Well, now we're back at a zero sum game, right? Now, now you're going to have to pay him because he's not going to the point. That's the point more than anything. And then he's going to ask for more than what CMC is making right now. So now we just traded away Christian McCaffrey and we traded four assets. Should have just kept Christian McCaffrey. We should right. have just kept Christian McCaffrey at that rate, right? Yeah. It doesn't make a lot of sense. On top of that, you went and signed Miles Sanders, who, by the way, had a better season than uh, than Jonathan Taylor did last year. I know he was hurt, but even if you look at a prorated amount, like if you prorate his performance over 17 games, Miles Sanders still outperformed what Jonathan Taylor was doing. Um, you know, it's Jonathan Taylor had one season where he went just off he went the nuts, fucking nuts, wall. Uh, yeah, he went bizarre. Off he had a good rookie season. He got a back end of his rookie season that was real good. That helped me in fantasy one year. And then uh, the next year he went, like you said, bananas. And I'm I not, think, and I don't say that to say that he's not capable of being that guy. Yeah, I'm he's just a saying, good player. He's a good player. You, you don't, you don't know that Miles Sanders isn't as good of a player as him. Right? Don't and, you and, think that Jonathan Taylor too is in some argument more like of a Nick Chubb type running back than a CMC? Yes, you know. So it's like, similar. is it if well, anything out of the, all the things we've argued on this podcast, Cody, about how you build a team and the where you sink your assets, and we just debated Christian McCaffrey, and you took the position that regardless of how good he is that's like a financially unwise way to build your team because of the way, but at the same time, the argument was, is that, or at least the counter argument that I made is that's the case. If you just think of him as a running back, 
But if they're a more like a diverse player, like a Christian McCaffrey, you are getting more than a running back. Like you can't even make that argument though, with a guy who is a traditional back. Yeah. You know, it's not like he's like got the versatility of Christian McCaffrey. I think too, is why is it CK that people feel it necessary to shit on miles Sanders? Right. Like all this, he's like, Oh, he's just average. He's just average. Like he's a good player, dude. He is, but he also came from a system that I think people don't respect what he did because they saw Jalen Hurts just destroying people. So I Miles think it's Sanders, almost harder to be a good running back in a team where you have a running quarterback. No, I agree, but that's my yeah. point. Is like he he because he wasn't Jalen Hurts, he wasn't getting the headlines. Right, right. it was Jalen Hurts, yeah. AJ Brown, that receiving yeah. core. And that team and that defense getting the headlines. It wasn't Miles Sanders, regardless of how good he was. And honestly, the Eagles very likely lost that game because they moved away from Miles Sanders as a as a part of the you know yeah yeah like that fumble out of bounds or whatever. Yeah, yeah I mean, imagine right. how many imagine how many touchdowns Jalen Hurts took away from Miles Sanders last year with goal right. with their with their sneaks and goal lines. Yeah. But hey, I, I wanted to ask. Um, so. I, just to be clear, I'm not for John Taylor. So let's John, John Taylor. I love him as a guy. He'd be a great running back to have, say you have on your team, but I don't think we're in a good spot for that right now because we have Miles Sanders and I'm totally confident in Miles Sanders. But what if Miles Sanders wasn't here? Would y'all feel differently? If Miles Sanders, like, like what if we either included him in the trade or we never picked up Miles Sanders? Would I you think guys feel Greg, differently about picking up John Taylor. I, I think that this goes back to what Cody was saying is like where every Panther fan, like it's a certain, uh, remember we're working on that Panthers traumatic stress syndrome, traumatic stress disorder t-shirt. I got to come up with a good design. That's not just PT, you know, anyway, I think it's some of us has just like, we've never really had big splash moves in the off season. You know what I mean? Like, the closest one we had this year, which was Bryce Young, yeah, trading up to one. That's like foreign for us, foreign to do these types of things. So I think there's kind of like the ideas like, oh, shit, man. It's kind of like when I was a kid and uh, like I never had any junk food before I went to school. Like before I went to kindergarten, like and I was like, mom, these kids got their individual bags of chips. And I got a tuna fish sandwich. Like, yeah, you know, you're, you're like looking at all these people that you think have all these great things. And then you realize that, hey, man, that tuna sandwich is way better than that fruit roll up. Uh, but yeah. I think there's some of it. It's just like we want to be the t- the fan base that gets the exciting toys. But right. I don't think it makes sense for our organization, period. Well, even if we didn't have Miles Sanders and the reason being this is that I think a player, when you get a top back like that, where you're kind of like, you're going to be put in a position where you got to pay him. You might not, but you know, all these different, I feel like that's a, a team that goes and gets him is a team that's on the cusp of winning a Super Bowl, not a team that's just trying to improve incrementally. Well, you that, know, and, I mean, and, like the Jets should get him. The you know the Bills should get him. The Jets the, should not get him. The Bills should get him. The Bills one thousand percent should be the ones to go after the, Jonathan the Taylor. Be, uh, the yeah, Bills are the saying. only team in the NFL, in my opinion, that absolutely need a running back. Or like and, the Chiefs. No, the I mean, Chiefs I don't think Pacheco. the Chiefs have. Yeah, but they don't yeah. have. But and like, they, it's like they would be better with Jonathan. Well, but Tony, they, the Chiefs are are my point. 
Right. Instead of having to have a top tier running back in the NFL, it's all dependent on the O line in front of them. If we have a good run blocking O line this year, I'm sorry. In my opinion, the difference between Jonathan Taylor and Miles Sanders is negligible. Like, I just don't see so much more production. Well, I wouldn't go negligible, but. I would go negligible. I would just say this is I think that Miles Sanders could be a good running back and we're just not crediting him enough. And I don't need to pull Jonathan Taylor down to do that. Mm-hmm. But I see what you're saying. Look, I this think is this my- is we committed to Miles Sanders. We signed him to a three year deal. Right. So with the right. well, like, get over it, folks. Yeah, like, come I want, on. I, I want go to get a lineman. Go you want to go make a trade? Go get a damn lineman. Go uh, go trade for a guard. Go trade for you want weapons. Look Zach to a, Martin. I yeah. wanted to go get Zach Martin yeah. when, when they were talking about not paying him over there in Dallas. My only point is, is that Panther fans, you know, you talk about that PTSD. My last thing I'll say is that we don't learn our lessons, man. Listen, I love me some Jonathan Stewart, but we paid Jonathan <laughs> Stewart and uh, Andy D'Angelo. D'Angelo. We had two high-paid running backs on the roster at the same time. We did the same thing to Christian McCaffrey. Having a high-paid running back on the Carolina Panthers has only ever come back to bite us on the ass. You know what's even dumber than – and look, and I think there's an argument against your position about the high-paid running back. I think there is a counter-argument. You might be not – you might still be right, Cody. But I tell you what's not a good idea is overpaying two backs. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, yeah. like if, if one back is, like, controversial, yep. then two backs – Paying those yeah, guys is too much. What else is in the new? Uh, in uh, what are we else we're talking about other than Jonathan Taylor? As I queue up the next call, um, that it, and then we just no, call no, it no, it no, out, and then the news. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll go the, well, yeah, play the call. All right, here we go. We'll, we'll be ready. Hey, good afternoon, boys. This is Baby Rhino here in Jamestown. What's up, uh, calling you guys on my birthday. Um, Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, man. Once you pass that 40 mark, it's really downhill from there. Um, just got some comments about the post-game show that you guys had this week. Um, <laughs> listen, I ain't key, baby, uh, Greg, and I'm not coming after you. Uh, I can see your points. Uh, you know, they're valid. Uh, but I did want to kind of remind everybody that this preseason process is more about evaluating players. Uh, and getting the right personnel out there. I cannot put any faith in stock into the losing, winning records of preseason uh, for us. I think we are all jaded by how much we've been losing, that we just think that because we're losing in preseason that the whole process is just terrible. I don't think that's the case this year. Um, There's just a different aura about all this. Uh, so I'm trying to keep the glass half full mentality. So I really do think Greg you probably pump the brakes a little bit. Um, just in, in an optimistic way, not in a bad way. Uh, but yeah, I, I, that's, I, I definitely want to just kind of throw my bone in on a post, a post game show. Yeah, it's, it's kind of terrible to watch, but I watched an offensive line that did not vastly improve, but it was improved for some jabs. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to get my thoughts on that, get you guys' thoughts on that. I hope all is well with all of you. Keep doing what you do. Everybody hit that like and subscribe button and keep 
motherfucking pounding. Hey, keep pounding. Happy birthday. birthday. And I want to I want to say something while we have 146 people. I noticed that this isn't kind of a trend. Everybody's like, oh man, I'm getting old. I'm old. And hey, if you're feeling older, man, that that's nature. But the way I've been choosing to look at it is there's always somebody 20 to 30 years older than you that's wishing they can go back and be in their 30s again. Or or be in their 40s again. Right. Quit speaking age over yourself, man. Just, you know, enjoy the life you still have and be thankful that you do have, you know, a a little bit of youth to you while you still have it, you know? That, no, I mean, that's a good point. But there is some truth that, like, your body changes when you get in your 40s. No doubt. No doubt. You know, and it's just like, man, I, I've I've always been a person that doesn't sleep a lot, stay up late, get up, early, you know what I'm saying? And like now, once I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like I just yeah. physically crash and stuff. So, dude, I've noticed myself like I'll be watching Netflix at night, and nobody I'd be able to watch it fine and just go to bed when I want to. Dude, I'll be falling asleep in the middle of that bed sometime. Dude, I'm like oh my god, yeah, no. yeah, definitely getting older. But no, um, it is a it is a mindset though. Is like if it's kind of I tell my you got to actuate your life right. Like, and if you think that I I usually use this with my students is that if you are okay with getting a C, you're gonna get a C probably. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but if you don't, if you shoot for an A, you might not get an A, but you can get, but you actually could get one so it's like if you meant mind your mind and your body are connected what's that saying shoot for the moon you fall amongst the stars yeah yeah man even uh, though even though that's like a terrible saying maybe it should be you shoot for the stars and you fall to the moon because the moon is technically closer than any star (laughs) so anyway uh but speaking of the chats all over it uh injuries are and this has been my concern with the offensive line, and I really think that this is problem is like, man, we we have some questions, and then what happens if those questions get injured? Now we're looking at other places. We've got Dante Jackson, but you know, some people are saying, look, C.J. Henderson, you know, Keith, you know, maybe this isn't as bad. You go get that other veteran. We were just talking about Troy Hill, but now you got Lavisca Chenault. Concussion. Yeah. Jameer Burr, right? Look, is the receiving core. We were thinking in some ways is like, man, the battle for the bubble on the receiving core. But Shai Smith gonna make this team right now. Damn, LaVisca Chenault has a concussion. Terrace mm-hmm. Marshall Jr. with the whatever mystery back injury. Mystery. It's a mystery injury. And like they're mounting. And then you even get the star of last week. Chuba Hubbard got his ankle jacked up. And then I think the one one of the more memorable players of the dang team last week, Amari Barno, left the field on a cart today. Yeah, man. Amari Barno has been one of the more uh, impressive players throughout a very unimpressive preseason. And now he's going down. I mean, again, I'm not going to harp and do this thing where it's like, oh, this is why you don't play your start. Oh, no, like, no. Yeah, this was practice. Yeah, but we don't even know um, what Amari Barno, uh, what exact role he was going to be playing for the team this year. And it's football. And I think one of the things that we don't talk about enough when talking about, you know, season predictions and all these other things, there's an element of luck to 
all of this. Oh, totally. All totally. Of it. 100%. I mean, just staying healthy. Just staying healthy is like 80%. Dude, that's of it. the name of the game, man. Having your players available when it's time to play ball. And you hate to see this happening early, but to to look at this more optimistically, if injuries are gonna happen, I would almost rather them happen earlier in the season rather than us get to building a lot of momentum. And then the injuries start to pile up and pile on. Then we're kind yeah. of left left scrounging for what works. So the the bug is going to strike at some right point, now. right? The bug is going to strike at some point. The the injury bug. So like yeah. it's like timing of that injury bug is also important. The numbers two five two. Two two eight fifty ninety eight. Let me make sure I don't play. Yeah, two calls. What's up, fellas? This is Chase from Anderson. I see Bryce. Oh, hey, here went out. What's up, fellas? This is Chase from Anderson. Let's see, Bryce Young, twelve attempts, pass attempts. Uh, DJ Stroud, sixteen pass attempts. Anthony Richardson. 12 pass attempts. Guess who uh, who averaged the most yards per attempt out of those three guys? Bryce Young did. Guess oh, nice. which one of those uh, quarterbacks didn't throw any interceptions in the two preseasons of the game? That's Bryce. Bryce Young. So to say he's not playing well, it's kind of disingenuous and taking stuff out of context, Greg. Now, now, hush, Greg, I'm still talking. Yeah, I know you trying to talk to me. Oh, he is over 10 yards. Well, guess what, Greg? What plays were designed that was called for him to throw over 10 yards? What, one or two, and he threw over through them? Yes, he had to throw them. He had to place the ball where, where, where it went. If not, it was an interception. you got to pay attention where the corners are, too, right? You can't you – can't, you have to throw the ball with only the receiver, and the receiver only can get it. So you can't you can't put that on there. His 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 ball placement and his quick decision making is has been superb. When you able to make that quick of decision, that quick of a read, and get the ball off in less than two seconds because a pass protection has been crap. That's pretty impressive for a rookie quarterback. I agree. The, the, I agree. The stats this is my position. Don't matter for these starters in the preseason because they're seeing very limited uh, uh, time, just like everybody else is. You want to see how they react and how they process live action. And, and so far, you've got to be impressed with the kid, okay? I know you want to see more. You want to see Bryce Young throw for a 1,000 yards in, in, in two drives in one game. I know, I know. But, you know, it's preseason. I think we. Uh, I think us being overhyped is true. I think we got a little overhyped in the off season. I think uh, realistically, with looking at second or third division, to, to be honest, we could have finished first, but realistically, second or third, you know. But hey, I'm more. I'm more uh, concerned about the defense. What the defense has shown is more concerning. What the offense has shown. Hmm. Um, I wouldn't know if I could go that. Allowing. Far. The first game, allowing to be ran over and be dinked and dunked on. Well, they was able to fix that part against the run, was able to stop the run against the Giants, but they still let their quarterbacks do what they want to. But hey, you're missing your, you know, your best couple of pass rushers. 
in a uh, game. I so, feel like this call would have really won out. if he didn't come but, up yeah, with two Greg, excuses. I understand you, you've got the right to your opinion, but I think that I think what the real problem is, Greg, that you're bitter because they didn't get the quarterback <laughs> you wanted. You've been saying all off season since the draft. Strap. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not bought into it. We'll see. All right, so I agree with all of his assessment about Bryce Young. If I would, my to improve that call, I would have stricken from the rector. It's preseason. I don't want to hear any caveats. I think you should just go out there and say Bryce's play has been good. Like I'm uh, actually, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying his play has been good. And I think the other is this, is every time I hear people, the three that annoy me are this. And we've talked ad nauseum a lot about them on the podcast is number one. It's just the preseason. Yeah. That annoys me. I understand the point isn't to win, but the point is to get better and, and to look respectable in a way, (laughs) not be, Oh, you know what our trick is for week one. We look terrible in the preseason. We were just put, we just making that up. It was like, look, we pull away the costume. We're actually really good. That's what we were holding. I don't like that one. I don't like we're missing these players, right? And then I also don't like the vanilla one. It's like, it's pickup basketball. We're not supposed to have Coach Szeski over there drawing up plays at this point. We should actually just be able to be competitive in the pickup basketball game, not just getting smoked, right? So I think that call, I agree entirely with the Bryce Young assessment. Um, 100% with his assessment. I disagree with the with Greg's, and that's okay to disagree. The The reason is, is I think this is some of just what he hasn't done that is also a good thing. So, Greg, you mentioned that, you know, you wanted him to see do this, this, and this, right? You want to see him th- throw a touchdown, dry, you know, overcome those situations. I think that's fair to say that. But I also am glad I haven't seen him fumble make poor decisions, panic, and those. So so some of the things that he hasn't done have been good. He hasn't been. So I agree with all of that. Those are my points about that is don't say play calling. Don't say we're missing these players. Do you be missing players all the time? What you should say is this is damn. He's looked damn good as a rookie, given the fact that nobody else on the team has looked fucking good. Mm Mm-hmm. Here's my thing is, is what I, is I I hate one when somebody tells me that stats don't matter, then tries to use a stat to back up their argument. Ooh. That's just that's just nice. And then <laughs> and then I, I'll have to go back and listen to it because I listened to my phone while I was feeding the dogs. Um, but was it was it that Bryce had more pass yards per attempt than anybody else? Yeah. And no that's interception. A very watered down stat. That means if I throw that means if Bryce throws it 30 yards down the field out of bounds. That counts as a no, yard no. Per, it has to be caught. So that's what I'm saying. Is the completions? Completions is yeah. what may be different, yeah. but no. It's okay, like so it's... that's that's also a little bit watered down because if you only have three completions and you still got 58 yards or five completions, you still got 58 yards, then you're going to have more yards per completion. Like, it, but that's what he's saying is that other guys haven't had a better yards per completion. Like but Bryce had more yards. Right, because they've so, thrown the ball more volume. <laughs> well, I love okay, this cool. argument. This cool. argument I, is I'd like, rather have. I'll take the more yards. Five D uh, chess, bro. Uh, I'll, I'll yeah. take the more yards. Um, then I, damn, I forgot the second point that I wanted to make. About yeah, that, that Kev, is your call, Kev? About uh, I want to see. I'm gonna play Kev's call next because yeah. Kev is digging in. He's picked up a shovel. 
He's with you. You're not He's alone. In the on the trench. Oh, I know. He's in I the know. trench. I think it's a stick, though. I don't think it's real. I <laughs> no, thought, dude. Yo, Kev was fighting people on Twitter. Listen, I'm going to say it. I said it on X, and I'll say it here. I have yet to be impressed with Bryce Young. I thought he's been good. He's been solid. Nothing impressive. I have yet to see first overall pick impressive. I have yet to see we just traded away DJ Moore, a first-round pick, and some other picks. I have yet to see any. I'll probably see it week one, most likely. And he'll most likely have a great rookie year. I haven't seen it. I'm with Greg. I haven't seen it. And all you Bryce Young dick riders, sucking motherfuckers, <laughs> who want to suck them and blow them all day long, can kiss my motherfucking ass. <laughs> this is what they're yeah, all hey, uh, for, by the way. As far as we got injuries right now, Barno, he's hurt, apparently. I said it before Barno got hurt. Go sign Melvin Ingram. I don't care. He wanted clowning. Defensive end, another edge. I don't give a shit. I don't trust the rookies. Um, you know, other than that, can't wait for Friday. Let's see it. I want to see Bryce. I want to see him go down, go all the way down, touchdown. I want a touchdown from Bryce Young. I want to see him go eight for nine for 90 yards. I mean, so that would be a fuck of an awesome <laughs> run for a rookie, any rookie. Cool. Like, even if it was Peyton Manning or even if it was Andrew Luck and he came out and went eight for nine, 90 yards and a touchdown. You're like, hell yeah, we would walk away from if Bryce Young does that. We're all on this podcast on Tuesday or in the post same saying we're going to the fucking Super Bowl. Yeah. If Bryce Young leads a 90 yard touchdown drive and is eight for nine and is in, we are like, and we would forget these two weeks. It would be like, we in the Super Bowl, baby. Yeah. Look, look, I, I want to point two things out real quick for everybody in the chat who's like, uh, just, just going crazy. I'm not saying Bryce Young's a bad guy. I'm not hoping for any bad. Listen, all I've said is I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Yeah, if so if Bryce Young comes guy, out and does really well, weird. and y'all are all talking about you're going to shove this in my <laughs> face, there's nothing to shove in my face. I just said I haven't seen it yet. So oh, everybody can get off me with this. Greg, this is so crazy. Greg. Oh, Cody. We got and, and, oh, oh, okay. Another thing, a point I want to yeah, put this out. Is for Greg, you cannot say in one breath that the stuff you've seen from anybody else looks bad and they're bad players. And then say Bryce Young looks great, but if he has anything bad, it's because you haven't seen enough yet. Like if you haven't seen enough of Bryce Young, you haven't seen enough of the other guys to say they're bad. So that you can't see, you know what I mean? Okay. It doesn't Greg, make any sense. Greg, Greg, have you I don't think you I have what have you seen this? Hold on. <laughs> this <laughs> uh have you seen this? Oh, the, the, Please the, say the, you have it. Please, so I just, up. I so hope you haven't seen have this. It. Okay, <laughs> you are about to. I'm about to make your night. Let me get this off the screen. Yeah, right, take that it. down, and not, not that it's gonna. It's just tangential to this argument. It's it not part fun. of this. All right. <laughs> so this is after the game uh, against the Giants, and this guy right here works for the Giants, and he's helped setting up for um the press conference so oh, i'm on the wrong screen here we go how's this i'm five nine so he, he this won't block him okay oh i'm sorry 
<laughs> Dude, it's such a shot. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Listen to this. <laughs> oh, and, and Bryce said in the background, hold on, hold on, hear it. I'm 5'9". Listen, you hear him walking up. So he, he, this won't block him? Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> he said the difference between 5'9 and 5'10 is huge. That's what Bryce. Look, is, look that's a good. That, that's a I, great I, answer. Like that is the best. It sucks that they didn't clip that because that's probably the best thing that he said during any press conference that he's giving. That was incredible. I want to just congratulate the Giants employee for the most cool troll, troll job. Like that's exactly what I want my employees doing. Like so if the Panthers did that to one of our opponents where who i mean we're not even a rival but you know what i'm saying i would be like way to go like that guy would get a raise he should get a raise people should buy him <laughs> christmas presents it just sucks that bryce is on the other side of it but what a great respectful insightful troll job his setting up the microphone the entire your team just beat the beat the panthers they gave Bryce Young the number one pick fits. His his stature has been the talk of everything. And it's not like the guy just randomly ran up there and was like, hey, is this going to block him? His job was to set the mic. And he goes, I'm short. Do you think, does it block me? <laughs> Bro, what? That shit was cold, dude. That shit was awesome. That was really... uh. Dude, I and it, it was and it was on purpose too. I believe that was that was a purposeful shot. Oh, uh, totally. That is not if that's accidental. There's no way he meant that. Oh, one hundred percent. Anthony uh, donates another two dollars. He says Bryce didn't last long enough for Gregory or Kevin. So Crazy. Bryce needs to last a little bit longer. Hey, Amen. That's what she said. You know. Um, All right. You think you want to take another call? I yeah. never heard that. Oh, what a stud. Hi guys, Rich in London. Um, I think I got cut off last time because my phone doesn't work very well inside my house. Um, <laughs> anyway, sucks. quick update. Um, quite like what I've seen from Bryce Young. Uh, don't think there's going to be any problem with him. I like his composure. I think that's the key thing. Forget about like the results and all the rest of it. If you just look at how he reacts and behaves in the pocket, and compare that to Sam shits the bed Donald. Um, I think I think he's good. Um, you know, we'll see. But he knows. I think he that, that pass that missed Mingo the other day. Mingo stopped on the route. Route. Um, you know, he's got it, and it will click over time. Um, be interesting to see what happens with the wide receivers. Um, I think we might have too many that are too similar. I think. They've brought in mm. Mingo, and he's that sort of big, bulky, rumble slant. You know, he looked just—he looked just like DJ Moore when he took that ball, bounced the guy off, and ran another five yards. That was a DJ Moore run. Um, you know, which means what do you do with Terrace Marshall and Lavisca Um Shai Smith showed up again, looked twitchy. 
Uh, Jennings looks very twitchy. I heard today PFF apparently Jennings is very highly regarded in like their systems. So that would be really interesting. Whether I, I wonder whether Chenault's more on the bubble I and mean, he's done nothing in pre-season. Um, no, interesting. Something to talk about it, Cody. Let us know what you think. Um, I had great faith in the sort of four or five big guys that were going to be throwing the ball running open, but. I wonder whether we've got one or two too many and we do need a bit of shiftiness because mm. I wonder whether some of uh, Bryce's facts have just been people not getting open. And to be honest, apart from Freeman, does anyone really get open? Discuss. Um, whereas Shylet's shifty um, and Jennings got open and got the touchdown. Um, I think people should back off Matt Corral. He's basically a rookie. He's still got the best release and the best pass going. But needs a bit more time. Um, don't worry about the defence. That first drive was ridiculous from the Giants. But we didn't have Houston or Burns or Brown in the line. So don't worry too much about that. Um, just watch today's press conference. Frank Reich, given that. Look at me giving a rundown of everything. Anyway, I haven't spoken to you in Anyway, um, no, Frank, I thought Frank was great today. Surprise that McCall left. Cody discussed. It sounds like they want more athletic players. I thought, right, was it Raycon Davis was outstanding against the Giants. So obviously they want more athleticism. They don't want a big nose tackle. They want sort of, you know, octopus. There you go. That's what they want. They want octopus on the, uh, on the D line, you know, big. Oh, I think he's got, a, he's got more. He's got another call. Uh, well, it's, you want to hear it? It's 57 seconds. We just listen to all of it. Yeah, go ahead. They want big, long, disruptive guys on the D-line. Um, and then we'll probably be all right after that. Okay, that was fairly seamless. I know. All right, I got cut off and I've bitted on for three minutes. Anyway, guys, um, I do find it quite hard to keep up with everything now that you do more than just Tuesday night. But I try my best because I no longer commute to London. So, uh, yeah, I'm uh, waving the flag here in sunny England. Anyway, I hope everybody is well. I'm glad that Cody is now an international megastar in the city of Charlotte after <laughs> that right up in the Observer. Um, I hope Panther Pickle, Greg, Cody are doing well. And, of course, Tony, you deserve the biggest shout-out for putting on the best podcast of Panther fans. Um, long-time fan, obviously. Um, and I remember when it was just you and Jerry alive. So, Jesus, has it really been that long? Anyway, take care, guys. Keep pounding, and I'll be in touch. All the way across the pond. Shout out, shout out, average. Shout out to Rich too for tagging us in uh, Rich Clark or uh, was it Ryan Clark's uh, post asking for teams uh, podcast? Oh yeah, like, listen to so yeah yeah. Uh, thank you for the kind words. Shout out to Rich man. Um, he covered a the lot first... there, Cody. He covered yeah, a lot. He's, he's the first person that really brought up the idea that maybe our receivers being of a similar height and build might not be the best thing. I haven't heard this that is from all, too many this people. This is the perpetual debate we have with ourselves. Is like It feels like we either have giant slow receivers or small. <laughs> like we never have a complementary group. Yeah. Um, I, I think that this group can be complementary, though, at the receiver bunch. I think the Chenault injury, though, I don't know if he's going to make the team now with this concussion. Um, I think, too, is that how much does the Funches 
Injury hurt. I meant funch. I said funches. Yeah, go on, Tony. Terrace Marshall Jr. The guy who was more productive than Terrace Marshall Jr. Devin Funches. Uh, Terrace Marshall Jr. disappeared. Has you have you guys heard anything about what his status was? It just said missed kind of mystery back injury. He wasn't going to play last week. I haven't heard his name. I haven't heard them ask about him in the press conference. I'm assuming he's not playing this week. But all of a sudden, we go from having a bunch of big receivers to now just having Sharp, Thielen, Mingo, who I think is complimentary in that speed way. But now, like, who are the other guys at this point? Like, Shy Smith's making this team, dude. Yeah, baby. Let's go, Shy. Have you heard? What did you hear, CK, about the TMJ? Have you heard anything? No, I mean, uh, uh, Frank Reich, I think last week, was talking about it might be a few weeks. Um, which makes you wonder if that's going to go into week one. I don't know. Yeah, and then it didn't even look like they were sold on him, Cody. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's not we were, like he was all of a sudden like just such a big, like, oh, man, they're coming out here talking about how great TMJ is. He's going to be such a big part of this offense. We had spent the first two week week of camp saying he is missing, that he had a better one. Then he gets hurt. He didn't do anything in the pre- – like. It, it wouldn't it be wild to bank your season on a guy, not bank, but bank the plan of your group on a dude who is actually injured, who hasn't ever produced either. Yeah. I mean, no, it's a legitimate concern. And I mean, when we were in Spartanburg at, uh, at monsters subs and grubs, that was one of the main discussions that we had seen a noticeable lack of Terrence Marshall jr. Early throughout the training camp. And, you know, again, knowing that he came on a little bit harder last year towards the end of the season, once they finally gave him the meaningful reps, I don't know, man. Like, I'm, you know, injuries happen. I'm not too worried about it. None of them have uh, been made out to us to be season ending injuries or anything that should keep them out for extended periods of time. We just need to focus on getting healthy, getting ready for the season, which is right around the corner. And I think we'll be all right, man. And again, going back to Rich's call, I'm not concerned about them all being the same body type and size because to me, all of your wealth and all of your value as a wide receiver all comes down to something very simple. Can you separate running routes? Can you make meaningful separation to provide a window for your quarterback? And as of right now, I feel like all of these dudes have the potential to do that. And we saw that last preseason game against the Giants with Terrace Marshall Jr. Caught a great pass, got some yards after the contact. Like, all of our guys are built to do that this year. And we do have a quarterback like Bryce who's meant to spread the ball around. I think that this is a favorable lineup for, for Bryce to be able to throw the ball to. The number is 252-228-5098. Let's go to the next call. Hey, guys. It's the growl that makes an owl, a.k.a. Joey the Blind Panther. Yeah. I mean, my dad's been saying it. We need running backs. We ain't had no running backs. So, Jim Irsay's being a dumbass, as usual. Everybody gives David Tepper shit, but at least David Tepper learned when to shut up. Jim Irsay's been the owner for a long-ass time, and he can't shut up. And he just cost his team a running back. Well, they drafted one, Anthony Richardson. But uh, all jokes aside about Anthony Richardson, I mean, he might be able to do good. But, uh, yeah, 
I think Jonathan Taylor is – I think it can work out because, honestly, you're saying we still got DBs. We got to get this. We got to get that next year. Yeah, but guess what? Jonathan Taylor is somebody else's running back. Probably going to cut his ass next year because he's probably going to underwhelm. But then again, probably not because you know why we got him? Because guess who used to be his coach? Frank Reich. Guess who's the coach here? Frank Reich. So, of course, the coach is going to bring in his guy, you know, when he's available. Oh, my guy's available. My, my, my. My Jenga piece, as Dave Damashek, if you're familiar with the the national pundits, as I am, unfortunately, because they all talk shit about the Panthers. But the Jenga piece, as, they, as Damashek called, that was Frank Reich's version of that in Indianapolis. And now he sees, oh, Jonathan's available. Oh, good. We don't have much running. Let's get him here. Okay. Good. I mean, it's typical running backs on the market. Coach... Here used to coach him when he was there, except this time it might be a little different because, honestly, a lot of the issue, a lot of the reason Jonathan Taylor is even here in the first place is because Jim Irsay doesn't want to keep his fucking mouth shut. He's stupid. But, uh, yeah, he was the one. He was the one that leaked out the Dan Snyder shit no one wanted leaked out. But Jim Irsay was the one talking to the media. Anyway, that's, you know. He can talk all the shit about Dan Snyder he wants. Fuck that guy. But anyway, that's really why Jonathan Taylor's here. I'm happy about it because I've heard nothing but great things about him. And I really want to see the Colts get their ass whooped by us. Anyway, guys. Oh, before I go, shout out to Paisan. Damn, that shit was good, though. Lunch for three days at work. Ooh. Ooh. What an what a sub. What an what a awesome sub that Diablo is. Anyway, guys, wow, 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 nice shout out to Joy the Blind Panther, man. Um, thoughts, man. I mean, he's uh, he's all he's all about that Jonathan Taylor, right? Like, uh, many yeah, people I mean, are. Um, I feel like we, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I say it's not really. Uh, I don't think we have much new to to put towards that. I think most of the people on the panel would disagree that that's going to be a move that we make, especially when you had uh, your pick of the litter at elite quarter or you know, running backs on the market. You know, uh, this uh, this off season outside of Miles Sanders. So I I just don't see it. Yeah, all right. I don't see it either. We kind of touched on it a little bit before. We have one more. Yep. Hey guys, this is hey guys, this is Eric. Guys, I, I just want to call real quick and say I kind of understand why Greg is mad a little bit. I don't agree with him per se, but I I understand why he's like I understand why he's like mad. Well, not necessarily mad, but why he ha- saying the thing he does is because people were telling him to die on this hill all off season. Now that a couple of games are being played, they're not willing to die on this hill anymore when they're the ones that talked him into dying on this hill. So I understand why he feels the way he feels. All right, man. Uh, with the applause. Yeah. I think this is when, I, you know, I forgot when we were talking with Ricky Reigns from 
Cat Craven. I asked him, it's kind of a tough question. I don't think I phrased it as well as I wanted to. And that is what's the storyline next year. If we only win five games or six, six you know, seven games, <laughs> we should have said the answer to that question is damn. Anthony Richardson looks awesome. Is <laughs> like, even if Bryce is good and we only win seven games, and if Anthony Richardson is awesome and they win five games, I bet you everybody would be like, we should have taken Anthony Richardson. Oh yeah, dude, it's dude that they're gonna have so much of that too. Oh, I mean, but the first what... time Anthony Richardson rips off like a seventy-yard run and then throws a bomb, I'm a look at little Cam out there. It's baby Cam out there. <laughs> Damn it, we could have had. Yeah. But you know what the honest to God truth is between, and we talked about this on the Twitter Spaces uh, that uh, Panther Pickle and Diesel Skills have been doing. Check that out every Monday and Thursday. They've been doing a great job. But uh, one of the things that I've been talking about with them. Is that like going into this season, you know, like you have certain expectations of what you think the the team is going to be, but everybody is willing to throw those expectations out the moment you see something that runs contradictory to your narrative. Oh, totally. But, but also uh, another thing that I, I believe it was Pickle uh, brought up, we would have been happy if we would have drafted Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, or Anthony Richardson. Because even though you might have had a favorite of those three, all of those dudes represented a lot a of new talent, future. A lot of high a future. Upside, a future. A brand new future. And you could easily see a road to success for all three of them. So yeah, man. I mean, it is what it is. We're not gonna be reactionary over one season after one season of Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, everybody was saying Justin Herbert was the better quarterback. Now pretty much everybody agrees. Burrow is the second best quarterback in all the NFL right now. So it'll take some time. All right, let's uh, get into the news. Those are the cat calls. Uh, remember guys, thanks for tuning in. We've had such a great turnout tonight. You can really help the show by smashing the thumbs up button. And hitting the share button, man. I'm oh, telling hey, you. you know how else they can help the show? Go to catchronicles.com. We have merch, y'all. We have merch for your favorite Panthers pod. Get you a slick-ass T-shirt. Give you one of these bad-ass C3 Panther mugs. Hey, if your- you don't like what Greg's saying, go get the... You, you made, made me, me fucking, fucking sick. <laughs> sure. And G Baby made this with Greg in mind. He said, oh, Gregory. Yeah. Yeah. When he called That's me up right. and he said, We're going to ask Gregory. I want royalties <laughs> for it. Yeah. Uh, well, no. G Baby gets the royalties <laughs> if there were any. The G Baby <laughs> line right there. I got to work on um, the pickle one. I got some other things. Yeah. Go to CarolinaCatChronicles.com. Hit the shop tab. And then there's a little gear. You just hit gear, like as in the gear that you want to wear. A lot of uh, good people, like a lot of the cups, the mugs have uh, going. Small things, man. It's just a dollar here, a dollar there. But whatever you can spare is always appreciated. But just some small things like dropping the link to the show on social media, um, commenting and just mentioning it to a friend um, or sending them the link and, you know, a 
DM or something like this. Check this out. One subscriber at a time is how we've grown this podcast. My first uh, follower on X, where what was formerly known as Twitter, Steve Daner. I still talk with him on Facebook and occasionally on Twitter, but the number, the first follower uh, thir- 10 years ago. Like, so it's built one fan at a time, one sub at a time, one family member at a time. And uh, don't forget about the audio podcast. Even just go write a comment, you know, give us a rating as well as subscribe wherever you check us out, man. There's small incremental gains. Um, But let's hit the news, man. Let's talk about this is our moment where we look around the NFL kind of from the perspective of Panther fans, but to get a glimpse outside of Panther Nation. I think it's been three weeks in a row that we started with three really very sad, sad stories, man. Motorcycle death last week. Yeah. So Um, Caleb, uh, Caleb Farley, he is a cornerback for uh, the Tennessee Titans. Uh, He went, he played at Virginia Tech. Uh, His house that he owned exploded killing his father do you know when i read this and then it said because it was lake norman right charlotte area um when i read this i immediately thought of who played the house blowing up last week on do you remember we watched yeah, 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 the yeah. house that exploded where did we I see this no, there was a clip that went viral of a house literally ex- just fucking exploded. And I looked at the ground. I was like, is that the same house? And it wasn't. But that's immediately where I was like, that we saw a house blow up last week. And then this one blew up and his dad died. Dude, what a horrible story, man. God, it just makes me put things into perspective. You know, tomorrow's not promised. Right in uh, Charlotte. But- and gas. It has to be a gas leak. Oh, no. Who was it? Somebody told me. Yeah, we, we saw the house. And uh, somebody was, and it was like, they hadn't thought that it was probably a meth lab. Like it was probably, you know, this was not, I'm just saying, this has got to be a gas leak. Your house exploding. Yeah. Everybody else makes yeah, the house exploding. Jeez. Yeah. Very terribly sad. All of our thoughts and prayers go out to Caleb Farley and his parents. Um, moving on to some lighter news. Uh, <laughs> update. Uh, uh, defensive tag. Uh, Chiefs defensive tackle Chris Jones apparently claims he'll sit out until week eight of the 2023 season. It's wild if you zoom in on, I mean, it's hard. We can't do it right here. But like if you were on X and you open this up, he comments. Somebody says that's going to be expensive. Or he said that'll be a hefty something. And he goes, I can afford it. He's not, you know, that our what they're saying is this is he wants to be paid more than Aaron Donald. I think yeah. him and Nick Bosa are like shooting for like most defensive money. In fact, so that the reason this story stood out and also is Nick up next. What's next? Uh, yeah, the one up next. Yeah, Nick Bosa also wanted to be paid more than Aaron Donald, and those contract talks are. Uh, happening as we speak, uh, but they're not necessarily meeting right away. Like, uh, and what f- made me think immediately was Brian Burns. 
Brian Burns, Brian Burns, yep. Brian Burns. I mean, he yep. has said he like he he's been such a team player about it. But at the same time, it's like, let's just get the damn deal done. Is he just going to wait for the, he can't wait for these guys. If these guys sit out, Brian needs to ink the deal. What are the Panthers doing CK? Um, I don't know the answer to that. Um, there could be, uh, a rhyme or reason to this. They might be looking at their team and preseason and kind of waiting to see how the dominoes fall with regard to, you know, after the cuts take place and what other teams look like and whatnot. And so, so maybe there's a, uh, we're going to hold on to what we've got for a moment until we have the ability to, you know, know for sure we have the money to pay Brian Burns this year. Do you think this could work against them as far as if Bosa or uh, uh, the other guy came? Sorry, I don't know why. Uh, Chris Jones. Jones, they signed first. Isn't that going to raise Brian Burns' price up? Yes. Yes. So it, it, it would behoove them to get it done before them. And then and it that's would actually be better think, for them. I think that's why Burns is dragging his feet a little bit. Yeah. Because like he's hoping one of the, but he's not going to be able to beat these guys to the punch. He needs to just get will. them to just get the, he just needs to get the big deal, dude. Just say this is look, yeah. let's stop screwing around. I know that those guys are about to get big time paid. You have no choice but to big time pay me. So let's just go ahead and do it and get on our way. That's how I mean. It's like, is this is. I agree. Pay him, man. Like the Panthers have to overpay anyway. So just go ahead and give it to them. Yeah, it's like, you know, you have a band aid and you know you're going to take off all the hair on your arm. Yeah, just, just take do it, it off. Rip yeah. that bitch off. It's time. It's not going to hurt less the longer you wait. So do it now. And uh, yeah, man. I mean, especially with Brian, the fact that he hasn't held out. He hasn't, like, we're talking about Bosa and Jones holding out and saying, no, I'm not even going to be there. Brian Burns, every day, full him, team. him and Justin Houston, dude, they're getting in work. Like, they're practicing. They're preparing. They're training. And if you're the Panthers, you have to reward that leadership, man. Well, it's actually, I see, I don't trust it. I don't believe it's genuine. What? And I know that sounds What is crazy. not genuine? Right. The, uh, I'm gonna like, fight you uh, on this one. No, so here in in first, I mean, I do think that he's a good dude and he wants to be like a be, be a team guy. But I think that in a market like, look, is Bose what Bosa's got to do? He's got the market to come, you know, in the name recognition, he can do this. I think that Brian Burns is doing what so many players in Panther history have done to milk the cow a little bit. Is they've become he's becoming a fan favorite on purpose. He's ingratiating himself as he's like like it's like oh look at old Nick Bosa over there holding out. I'm your best favorite friend, Brian Burns. We paid Thomas Davis extra money doing this. We paid Greg Olson extra. Remember when they redid Greg Olson like they because they just went to the people. They were like, "Don't you love me?" And we were like, "Yes, we love you, Greg. <laughs> we love you." And then that is a hundred percent what we did, by the way. Yes, yes. And so, like, here is that because I remember it, Tony the rumor that David Gettleman was trying to cut Thomas Davis yeah. and Greg Olson. 
And then that's what got Gettleman yes. finally fucking kicked the fuck yeah. out. But remember, they, they still did get rid of Cam Newton and CMC and DJ Moore. So they're not above getting rid of a player just because he's a fan favorite. Well, also, let's put that up. Is that one, yeah, rule. And two is like, DJ Moore was too quiet to be, I mean, he is a fan favorite, you know, but not, not to the level that Thomas Davis and Greg Olson were. And right, I think yeah. Brian Burns is about to enter that area. Yeah, kind of like Bradley it. Bozeman is potentially going to be stepping into that. But, but no now, one he got work last week. Maybe Jeremy Chen, but no, if we're being real, no one is near Brian Burns. If you're talking yeah. about these contemporary Panther teams. Like you see the last, their face and you know who they are. Right, How about of the that? Last, of the last three to four years. You know, we used to say that Christian McCaffrey was the biggest superstar on our team. Now, hands down, it's Brian Burns. It's yeah, Brian Burns it's and Bryce. Yeah. I, I, I tell you this is if you were in the grocery store, let me ask you this instead of telling. If you were in the grocery store and you were just randomly walking in a Harris Teeter in, in Charlotte and you saw somebody, I mean, and, and, and take the fact that they're giants, right? I mean, like you could say. But like, who facial face alone would you recognize as like, and you can name their name? I mean, I'd be able to say I mean, Bryce Young. I'd be able to do Brian well, for Burns. Us, for us, it's probably more than most. You know what I mean? Right, right. But even then, that's not even a lot for me, right? Like, I could probably tell you, I maybe Icky. Um, I know Shaq Thompson. Here's all the players. Yeah, I'd recognize J.C. Horn, Shaq Thompson. I wouldn't. Re- oh, uh, no, J.C. Ugly. Bro, don't say. <laughs> yeah, you're so fucking mean, bro. Uh, J.C. Horn, Shaq Thompson, Bradley Bozeman, Ikki Aquanu, Bryce Young, Brian Burns, Jeremy Chin. You no, would not recognize Jer- no Jeremy Chin in yeah, the grocery you would. store. Yes, no, you would not. Jeremy Chin. No, I, I couldn't pick I his face out of the lineup Jeremy right Jen. now. Yes, you I could. I would recognize. Yeah, yeah I feel like he reminds me of DJ Moore. Like, he just looks like a DJ Moore. Oh, you know who else? I'd recognize Dante Jackson, the first song. Okay. Maybe you just have bad memory. No, no, no. I'm Maybe saying this. is you. No, you are a super fan, though, and you name right. those people. I feel like... Um, so the name, the the face, like Cam, David, Thomas, Luke Keekly, oh, those names, like, they're undeniable. Like even casual fans knew what Thomas Davis looked. Right, even right, casual right, fans right, knew right, what Luke Keekly looked. Like, Cam right. knew. Visually, you're the cream of fan crop. Oh, Hayden Hurst. Why talking so? I, you know what? But most fans wouldn't even know Hayden Hurst is on the team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I understand the the point that you're making, but like I wouldn't recognize uh, Lavishka Chenault. No, um, I would probably recognize Taylor Moten. I mean, I know his face. You would uh, not would, recognize no Taylor Moten. Yes, I would. You're like, why I is there a giant accountant in no, our in the Harris Theater? I would not recognize uh, Corbett. Uh, and to be honest, nope. even though I'm even though I'm his biggest fan, I probably wouldn't recognize Brady Christensen. I was just about to ask that. If I, if I saw I'd bet I would recognize Matt Corral. Oh yeah, I'd be like, look here. at that giant schnoz. It matches Andy your Dalton. giant feet. I'd recognize oh, Andy yeah, Dalton. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, right. That's All right. Um, that's not what the pants. Sorry for that rabbit hole. And <laughs> look, oh, this is this was sent to me by John Jenkins. 
Pretty sure that's who sent this to me. Um, so there's a football team in Poland <laughs> called the Panther Panthers, and they're doing pretty good right now. Uh, oh, so shit. Polish football Panthers. What, what is this? What is? Are they playing the Thunder? I don't know. Up, Dude, I have no. I, I just saw the same post that you were tagged in that I was tagged in. Uh, I was not. I'm aware. all in. Claws out. Yeah. Claws Dude, out, bro. Dude, there was even a soccer team in 2015. I believe it's Leicester. Anyone over in the UK, help me out. I know I'm probably butchering <laughs> Leicester, Lancaster, whatever. That was like they were pulling for uh, the Panthers when we were going to the Super Bowl. So Panther fans were kind of cheering, cheering for them. But no, man. Uh, and uh, we talked about this. I believe a few weeks ago, me and CK and, and you, Tony, but um, the 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 game is becoming more popular all over the world. There is a real thirst for football in a lot of countries that you might not have expected before, like Poland or Poland, Germany, the UK. You know, uh, there's just a lot of places that are really getting into football and they're doing their own thing. So shout out to them, man, pulling for them. All right. And is there anything else or is that the last one? No, just like 15 different things. Oh, oh man. Uh, J- uh, JSN. This sucks. Shout He's out to Anthony's uh, fantasy team. That sucks for him. Really? Uh, yeah. Um, I saw this. Michael Mayer. This is like a poor headline, I think. First, I was like, this is why is the damn tight end wearing that, that hat? I thought it was a defensive thing, but I guess they're in the trenches, probably yeah, trench there. They're in the trenches. He look it looks like he's got <laughs> giant head. <laughs> but uh that number one pick, he got Max Crosby worked him on his first day in pads and he reflected upon it. Oh uh, the- by, by the way, Leo, that is the team I was talking about. Leicester City, yeah, they're like always trying to like move up into the next League or whatever, dude. I don't know shit about soccer. Like get out of rel- re- regulation. Oh, and, oh yeah, dude. Ted Lasso is my favorite show. I love that show. But um, yeah, when I, I was on vacation, the uh, where we went is a British-owned territory, and so there's a ton of Brits there. Clearly, nice. and uh, even they like Ted Lasso. Oh yeah, dude. Who doesn't? If you yeah. haven't seen Ted Lasso, it's like the best family-friendly show uh, ever. How about some division news, Tony? Baker Mayfield mm. is uh, the starter. I think somebody put a super chat Buccaneers. earlier that said we got two wins. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, shout out to Dominique for the 199 love bomb. This is Baker named uh, starter in Tampa. Two easy wins for us. Oh, my God. I cannot wait for J.C. Mm-hmm. Horn and C.J. Henderson and Dante Jackson, and Jeremy Chin, and Vaughn Bell to make his life a living hell, bro. Yeah, I mean, you know what? Repent for every bad thing he did to us last year. Okay. All right. Yeah, I mean, like, if if we get beat by Baker Mayfield, oh, my God. Oh, that feeling is not going to be easy to get over. Be careful. Yeah, be careful, Cody. (laughs) You wish in the world, damn. 
wait until the sadness you feel if he threw out drops if Mike Evans and him have a hundred yards. Is that my room? Hold up. <laughs> He's out of here. Cover me. Yeah, I got you. I got a damn fire alarm going off of us. All right, so this is I, I, this is kind of in my ice up realm a little. I'm not, but so I saw Joe Mixon. You know, Joe Mixon. You hear his name occasionally, and it's not been legal, been friendly legally. But the story kind of dies down a little bit, right? Like it's right. like you hear Joe Mixon. Probably it's kind of like Dalvin Cook. You know, it's like it comes, but it didn't really take any legs to it. So. Joe Mixon, though, I just saw this pop up because I I don't know which incident this is about. I think there's been multiple incidents, too, but this popped up today. And uh, the what he said is the Bengals Joe Mixon on court cases. What's understand don't need to be explained. It's kind of a very prophetic statement in a way that <laughs> what is understood. Like I at first fr- fretted with this statement. It's like, oh God, what the heck does that mean? Then I'm like, oh crap, God, he's like, this is a philosophical. What's understood don't need to be explained. So if we just said what's understood doesn't need to be explained, all of a sudden we're like, oh God, that's a philosophical truth yeah (laughs) like but so that was one thing so then i peeked into the story and he has been after a four-day trial he was acquitted of and it was like something like harassment charges like aggravated harassment but then hold on this right here if you delved into the story like you dove down, there's a separate incident that is, it says this, Mixon still has a civil case pending against him for an incident near his Anderson, Ohio home this summer that resulted in a minor being shot during a game of Nerf Wars. Mm, okay. Like Cases are also outstanding against his sister and trainer who were at the house during the incident. Like Bro, shot with a nerf gun? Yeah. No, that I that is not what that implies to me. Right, that's written very poorly. I think somebody got shot with a real gun. That's how I read that. Is somebody Don't you think they would specify that in though? a nerf <laughs> Like, what are you going to sue somebody? It's called a Nerf war. <laughs> of course you got shot by a Nerf gun. I don't think this, we need to know, is this a Nerf right. gun or a real yeah. gun? What if she just got shot in the eye, right? And like it was... Uh, With a uh, Nerf gun, like at close range and then sued? Yeah. Or, but then they yeah. want to sue the trainer the and case. the sister too? it's a civil case like it's right. it's not criminal if the, he Pain was shooting somebody they would I think be criminal. this is shot shot dude but th- this wouldn't be a civil case if it was the shot no, shot i okay this would be criminal well he was just acquitted let's see I need to, yeah. I mean, I can pull. I should have. I should have been more. Okay, here we go. So it says, it says the lawsuit accuses Brewer of of using an assault rifle to shoot eleven rounds at the minor. 
one of which the victim was hit in the right foot. The suit also led his Mixon Brewer where the teen and his friends were playing a Nerf War near Mixon's property at the time. So the kids were playing Nerf War, and he shot them with an assault rifle, is what it says. Whoa. Joe Mixon shot him? It says Dude. the case accuses Brewer. I don't know who Brewer Who's is. Who's Brewer? That's not a trainer, maybe. Sister's boyfriend, Lamonte Brewer. So, yeah, sister's boyfriend. God. What is your defense? Do you go, oh, I thought this was a Nerf gun and I was just trying to get in the game? Get them damn kids off my lap. He shot 11 times, it says. <laughs> it says that it says that the weapon and bullets were used were uh, provided by Mixon. That's where he comes into play with this, besides it being on his property. Wow. I, I Bro, I could not get past this when I read this. I was like, dang. <laughs> Yeah, and the I whole thing. Laughing. I should be laughing, but like, it's like, God, y'all take Nerf War serious, bro. Yeah, man. <laughs> right? uh, the lawsuit argues Mixon and Brewer should not have reasonably felt that their lives were in danger because they were aware the teens were playing a, a game of Nerf War. Oh, were they mm-hmm. saying that they thought that it was a real gun? I guess, yeah. Mixon allegedly held a 9 mm pistol at the time of the shooting, did not fire, was not charged. Mm-hmm. God. Like I'm yeah, sorry, this wild, story man. is bizarre, bro. Yeah. Hey, uh, and he's gonna I... just go back to work. He's like, "Oh, I'm happy to join the team." Sorry, <laughs> guy. Like everybody, imagine being like around Joe Mixon in the locker room, and you're like playing ping pong. You're like, "Oh shit, dude, don't worry. I'm not trying to hit you with the ball." <laughs> Good. God. Uh, shout out to the real AP with the five dollars. He says, "I swear, if we don't go." 2-0 on Tampa Bay. I'll be a super mod. Sincerely a concerned Panthers fan. White talking said CTE <laughs> wins again. Oh, no. You hate to see it. Um, next one up. Speaking oh, of CTE. Yeah, yeah, speaking of CTE, perfect comment. Uh, Antonio Brown uh, to be arrested over unpaid child support. Florida police have been ordered to arrest Antonio Brown after a judge ruled he missed out another child support payment per the report. According to Miami-Dade County and court documents, the ruling was issued on August 9th, but Brown apparently missed a $15,000 payment to his ex, uh, Latrice Giselle. Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> Brown can have the order purged if he pays up, plus an additional $5,000 in attorney fees. Dude, how the mighty have fallen, huh, man? Like, this uh, dude is just on a hell of a downturn, man. All right. Tanked an entire football team. Yeah, I think that's it. That's the news. Holy yeah, right, cow. Right at 12, too, man. We're doing well, something different. Let's bust out uh, the final segment. Thanks for tuning in to the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. Let's go to the longest running segment on the longest running Panthers podcast. It's our homage to Steve Smith. It's where we tell someone to ice up, toughen up, to get it together. Let's rock, Cody. Let's ice some fools up. Ice up, son. Ice up. Woo, ice up. Uh, you want me to go first? I got it, too. Please, please. Um, mine, you know, that was a, a theme to mine today. I have two. Um. The first is to the man doing the speeding. Bro, there's sometimes you're just playing with your life and other people's life. And, bro, it's like, what are you even expecting, man? 
so I don't even know what country this is in. This is in. The dude has like a mask over his head. I don't know if he's running away from the police. I don't know. Oh, shit. Boom. Get him. Dude, he was trying to like navigate around people and he ended up hitting the the guardrail. I'll play Damn. it one more time. He's hauling ass. Yeah, Swerves. Whoa. Hey, that lane chain is what killed him. That one yeah, car. That, that one car dropped. That's why you don't pass on the right, fool. Yeah, that's why you don't pass on the right. Uh, so that one, um, I, I stopped the man that was doing the speeding. But now I want to introduce y'all to my new rabbit hole. My favorite thing to do nowadays is watch dudes on speed bikes make cops look dumb as fuck and outrun them and get away from them. And apparently, this is a common occurrence. Like, this happens a lot. Speed bikes can get away from police officers all the time. (laughs) They fuck with them, too. What he lets the cop pull up, the cop tries to say something to him, rolls the window down. Of me, nah, I'm out of here. Damn, 160. 165. Oh my god. Yeah. 170? Holy yeah, shit. He's one fart away from death. Golly. I, I A little wobble that. and you're done. Yeah. Dude, I love that shit so much. It is like my favorite thing now to watch bikers <laughs> do this shit to police officers. And dude, they do it on a regular basis, man. They're like if you go on YouTube, there is nothing but videos. Of these dudes just outrunning police wow. officers. So, uh, to that uh, poor police officer who thought he was going to catch that dude, <laughs> ice up, son. Ice up. Ice up. <laughs> All right. Um, anybody uh, ready, locked and loaded, or do you guys want me to go? I mean, you can go ahead. I don't even know. All right. do okay. So, I've, I'll do a couple short ones real quick, or a couple short ones. Uh, one, I've been into. Well, I've, I think this is the second week I've shown a bull video. Oh, yeah. Didn't oh, I show God. the lady that died last week or whatever? Did she died? Do you dare find out? Oh, no, I, no, I didn't. I was like, but this, my buddy sent me this one. They're lighting this bull's amp, uh, horns on fire. Somehow they're doing something. Look. Look. So this, oh, <laughs> look, oh. he's got a pass, pass. <laughs> I mean, they lit this bull. Oh, <laughs> wow. That person's dead too. <laughs> <laughs> look, wow. I mean, I'm not, no, wow. hey, he's dead. <laughs> is that real? Hold on. I need to know. I is mean, that actually a person or is that 
a mannequin. I think they lit the mannequin on mannequin? fire is what it is. That's what it is. Oh, he got no. Up. oh no, that's a real person. They are moving. Holy shit. That was a real person. Oh, dude, and his butt-ass nation. <laughs> oh, dude, triple, this is the worst video this. ever. Look at, the tri- look at the triple flip. Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh my God, dude. Dude, I have no I have no sympathy for people that fuck with bulls, dude. The they not only the, fuck with the bull, dude, they lit his the, bull hordes on the fire. And then he saying, fire killed. The literal <laughs> saying, you fuck with the bull, you get, you the, get the horns. Dude. Come on, dude. Look, man. I can't get over that mess. Is look at boop. Shoot. <laughs> and that wasn't uh, nothing for that bull to do that either. What's so no, funny? That was no, easier zero effort required. Um, just a walking lean like muscle. Cat calls, yeah. or, I mean, I feel like uh, the eyes up pigs have just turned into watching people either die or almost die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, my buddy sent me this too. Same buddy. This is it. I don't know if this is true or not, but it says breaking canceled pop icon Lizzo reveals in recent interview, former Vikings defensive back or running back down cook was the new man on the Minnesota Vikings. Does this <laughs> explain Dalvin's knee injuries? that's the shot that's the shot it's like oh god so and so those are my ice ups right there somebody should you know I'm surprised nobody iced up uh, Big Cat oh man back to Africa cringe video I mean, oh we could God. just do a group, uh, a group ice right, so up on that. I but. just felt weird. It was like, man, even like this is so weird. <laughs> this is uncomfortable. Yeah, dude. Uh, <laughs> uh, Twitter uh, took turns roasting him. Uh, and, Those are and, my ice ups. And, and he blocked me on uh, on Twitter. So I don't know. I, I, I've never said anything. Uh, Public I don't really care. I was like that. Anytime yeah, was, you go with a back to Africa theme, I just feel like you're really tri- doesn't yeah, matter. It's like God, dude. It's like really. Yeah, it's pretty stupid. Anyway, uh, those um, are my steps. Greg, Greg, you got anything? No, I'm good, man. CK. <laughs> um, I was just gonna do the big cat thing, but yeah, uh-huh. it's uh, it's that, or maybe even um, thinking. You know what? I'll talk about this. Um, and, and I'm sure some of them watch the show, but if you're a content creator for the Panthers and you, uh, you talk about the fans of the Panthers as y'all fans, like you're not a part of it. Like I want to yeah, ice up you. Like that's a weird way too. to go about it. Y'all fans. Like, hmm, like it's nice. something that we're like, we're doing differently. You know what I mean? No, I, like, I, I totally get it. Um, yeah, those are the the peons, man. It's like the plebes. You poor plebes. Poor plebes. Yeah. Um, all right. That's the C three Panthers podcast brought to you by Carolina Cat Every Tuesday night into the wee hours of Wednesday, we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions. My name is Tony. You can follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. Please check us out Spotify, iTunes, tune in, wherever you get your podcasts, all small things, one fan at a time. One friend at a time, one family member at a time, just like my boy, Cody Lashney, my brother. It's good hanging out with you. Where can they get after you? What did you got on the 
agenda. Yeah, man. Find me at Cody Lack, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. I'm always, uh, you know, talking my own shit. Uh, now, uh, embrace debate with me, Desmond Johnson, and Monty Fetty. That is now every Thursday at 1030 in the morning. Every Friday for the Friday free-for-all at 7 p.m. The show for fans. By fans, be a part of the show. Join via StreamYard, just like we're doing now. And make your voice heard, man, live on the C3 Panthers podcast. That's it for me, dude. Thanks for hanging out with us at the Bat Daddy 52. Greg, it's been fun. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Always a good time. CK, where can they get after you? You can get me uh, on them uh, good on X at Codizzle Allen. And, uh, you know. There we go. All right, Cody. Take us out of here, man. All right. Panther Nation. Until next time, keep pounding. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.